It's the Justin Kinner Show, live here on ESPN Dayton. Welcome in. It's the Justin Kinner Show live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. It's Thursday, right? I think so. I don't know. All these days kind of like blend together. No kidding. Welcome in. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kevin Nash live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. We got a packed house, of course, social distance packed house, of course, mm-hmm. here today. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here, and former Buckeye College Football Hall of Famer Keith Byers uh, decided to come in and hang out with us a little bit. I'm today. in the house. So, so we appreciate you taking time, but uh, we're going to get into the NFL discussion with Drew Brees and everything here in just a minute, but first, I guess I could, we have that queued up, right? Yes, like, sir. okay, see, I should have just trusted the process, but first, the NBA is back, Keith. They're back. It's officially back. 22 teams? Some, it's, it's the year 2022. It's still like a long time away. It's still two months away. 22 teams. <laughs> we know the lottery teams. We know that uh, I think like what August is the NBA draft. So we know Obi Toppin is going to be drafted in August. So there you go. But it's nice to what hear What a way for Vince Carter's career to end. That's unfortunate. I hope <laughs> Administratively. You know what's funny? Two years ago, he... Uh, he one of the teams he had narrowed it down to. He ended up going to the Hawks. He almost went to the Raptors. Really? Can you imagine that storyline? If he would have gone back the year that Kawhi and the Raptors won, he, got him a chip. He could have been. That would have been the way to call it a career. How about that? As far as that concerned, but oh, still a tremendous career. No, absolutely. I almost wonder if he comes back. You don't want to go out like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's going back, man. I think he chalked it. I think he said, "You know what? That'll do it. I'm cool." All right, so again, the NBA returning. We'll get into more of that coming up. But again, they uh, plan a, on a 29-to-1 vote. I'm trying to figure out who that one person is that didn't want uh, the NBA to come back. But nonetheless, 29-to-1 is the vote. All in Orlando, Disney World. It's going to be interesting. Major League Baseball announced that if they do have baseball this year, all broadcasters will be broadcasting games from a remote location. They will not be calling games on on site. I figured that was going to be the case. I mean, Keith, bowl games. I mean, a lot of the not the non you know, well, how are you going to call a game not on site? The ball's hit the left field. It's back, back, back. Uh, what did, y'all, did he catch it? Or the home run? What? Why, why, why not there? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, we should watch the game with us tonight. Let <laughs> them go. Or they haven't. It hasn't been made official. But uh, that's where we're at with that. Drew Brees uh, states in that interview yesterday: "I will never agree with anyone who disrespects the flag." In response to a question about whether or not uh, you know he would be in support of if the league, if you know, you started seeing players kneel during the national anthem again, uh, it's, you know, we've seen that sprinkled in over the last couple of years. But obviously, it was you know Colin Kaepernick who brought that to the forefront back in 2016, and then Vic Fangio coming out a few days ago and basically saying. There's no racism in the NFL. That he 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 loves that he wishes the whole world was like the NFL because there's no racism in the NFL. It's I mean there's no race for a head football job, you know because you know if you're white and look a certain way, you're at the front of the line automatically. You know I had a coach tell me uh, this is after my playing days. You know he said the, the hierarchy in the NFL to get a head football job job is is being blonde, being white, blonde, and blue eyed. And then he said, then it's the dark hair, <laughs> you know, white guy second. And then everybody else fights after that. Wait, we have tears? He was telling me, he was talking about, you know, if you're Italian, you got darker hair, <laughs> you're not necessarily blonde. I'm like, really? 
you know, so he was enlightening me. We was having this discussion about. So am I race. a tier two white guy or what am I? I I don't know what tier I. Yeah, you're not. What color your eyes again? <laughs> but I was like that. Just kind of blew me away when we was having the discussion about race, and you know, we were talking about head football coaches. So Vic Fangio, I think he's in tier level two. He, he, you know, he's he's not he does not blonde hair. <laughs> he's you know, blue eyed, but nevertheless, how could you make that comment, Coach? You know, how, how can you make a comment such as that? that? That was crazy. You know, Drew Brees. You know, he is just a hundred percent wrong on so many fronts. Um, I, I think I don't know how much clearer Colin Kaepernick could have been when he took a knee. Was that three years ago now? Going forward, sixteen. Yes, two thousand sixteen. Yeah. So yeah and um, he was crystal clear on his message. He said nothing but this is against police brutality, nothing against the flag, nothing against the military. You know, the narrative got hijacked and turned. Differently, and even here, and then since Colin Kaepernick has already settled with the NFL against the collusion of keeping him out, and here it is, 2020, June of 2020, and all this whole Drew Brees was in the NFL the whole time when this went on. So he wasn't like in college coming in the pro. He was already a well-established professional. For him to come out and make that comment yesterday about. You know, comparing it to, you know, taking a knee, you know, disrespecting the flag. We're not even, you want a totally different conversation. You know, Drew, you are so wrong on, I don't know how many levels. Comes back, you know, issues apology today. But, you know, I read his apology, but I still even have a problem with that. You know, you can look it up on Twitter or whatever your social media. You know, I'll just read this part when, you know, toward the end of his apology. You know, he said, I acknowledge that we as Americans, including myself, have not done enough to fight for the equality or truly understand the struggles and plight of the black community. I recognize that I am part of the solution and can be a leader for the black community in this movement. Stop it right there. When he said, I can be a leader in the black community, you're not even handling your own community first, Drew. Now you're talking about coming over into the black community and be a leader. How about joining? You just, you just admitted I'm a part of the, you know, the problem. You know, I want to be a part of the solution. You know, how do you stop white supremacists? Wait, you, you, you go tell the white supremacists to stop it. You go put it out. You know, that's a problem that you can go handle. How do you think you're going to come over to the black community and say, I'm going to be one of your leaders? You don't hear black folks going in the white community and say, I'm going to be your leader. You don't hear that, that going the other way. So, Drew, you still don't get it. Just be quiet and learn. You know, somebody's, you don't walk into a classroom and say, I'm going to start teaching. No, I'm coming here to start learning. I'm here, I want the teacher to teach me. I'm here to be taught. Drew, you still don't quite understand it. Those, the, what I'm reading is just words. You know, your actions will, <laughs> will always, you know, speak louder than you. And I'm not calling him no racist or anything like that. Because that's what's gonna. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. But you can be. You can go talk to the white community and the white supremacists and, and things of that nature. It'll be a lot easier coming from you to go talk to them to tell them to cut it out and you know and 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 to do something about that. <laughs> you know, and, and us in the black community. We have just we have just the same amount of problems that you have in the white community. It's not like we have more. <laughs> They're just different. Ours just stand out more, and 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 trust we we're doing that. But in the meantime, you want to come help the black community? Absolutely, you know, come help. 
you can be a help in, in, in a whole lot of ways and not just financially. You can be a help. You can make a difference. You know, but don't try to just say, I'm going to come be your leaders. You know, leaders just rise to the top anyway. So you're going to get in doing the work, then your leadership will just come up anyway. You know, don't just come over here, so I'm just going to be a leader. And you're not even leading properly your New Orleans Saints locker room. That's not how a leader acts. And you have the answers in your hand. You got a phone. You got all the answers in your hand. We have way more information than we've ever had. You know, this is not the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. You know, you have information. So if you don't, don't educate yourself on history, you know, I'm talking on history, and specifically black history, because black history is history also. Mm -hmm. Go study some specific black history. How much do you know about black history? You know, so if you, if you, talked, about his, you talked about his grandfather coming back from World War II. A whole lot of black grandfathers served in World War II. And they came back to a different America than the regular GI soldiers came back after World War II. Even during World War II, a lot of German soldiers got treated better than the black soldiers. <laughs> you know, what was done about that? So from World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and all the wars before that, a lot of the black soldiers came back to a different America. <laughs> and, and even now, the Iraq war and all this stuff going, we got soldiers coming back to a different America. We live in a different America. How long? I've had to answer that question. My my parents answered it. I had to answer that question. My grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. How, when is it going to end? Other than right now. What is, I talked about that on my show on Monday. It starts today. starts with each one of us. Not by... With Jake, uh, Jake Fromm said, Drew Brees, Vic Fangio, who's, somebody's going to come out later on today and do something stupid. <laughs> it seems like every day and say something to it. Let your actions speak for you. Get out there and get involved, you know, peacefully and legally. Get involved that way. One thing I want to do today, too, is, is you know, everyone talks about having, that, having a conversation. We're going to have a con we're gonna have conversations today, and I want it to be a conversation. I don't want calls to be... You know, combative, um, because I think where there's some confusion is, for instance, you want to have the conversation, but when a Drew Brees speaks his mind, it turns into everyone just, I mean, he's racist right off the bat. You didn't say that, I know. Right. But on Twitter, you know how social media is right away. I don't think it's fair to use that. I think that word is being used a little bit too much in regards to if, like Fangio, I don't think what he said was racist. I thought it was moronic uh drew Brees out of line uh, and people are going to turn it into oh well how can you sit there and say that someone who is standing up for the flag in america how is that out of line it's not you're paying too cl too close attention to what he's talking about and not close enough attention to what he's not talking about like he should be more than aware of what why that question was being asked of him to begin with it wasn't because we wanted to test to see how patriotic you are we were curious your thoughts on you know, you're probably going to see a lot more kneeling during the national anthem this coming up season. And there might be less pushback or there might be more. Who knows? That's what the question was about. And I think when you talk about white athletes being the ones to step up and voice their opinions on these things, it's unfortunate because there's not a lot of big, prominent white athletes that would carry a punch like he does. And I think that's why it was so devastating to hear him utter those words. You saw an emotional Michael Jenkins come out to Michael Thomas and, and those guys. I mean, those were emotional reactions that he brought out of those guys. I mean, look, Jake Fromm, Fangio, 
they're not drawing that same type of reaction out of people. People are pointing at him and talking about him, but I think Drew Brees caught they haven't been in the, They haven't been in the, in the same, in the woods with these guys. They haven't been into the thick in the battles, you know, with those guys, you know, the way Michael Jenkins and Michael Thomas has mm-hmm. with Drew Brees. They, you know, so they, they, they got a different, you know, connection. I mean, I've yeah. played with a variety. They won a Super Bowl together. Exactly. Well, except for, yeah, Jenkins did. Yeah, not Michael. Uh, but uh, I played with a variety of different people <laughs> in the course of my career. But when we came in the locker room, we came in the locker room on one accord. You know, I mean, and that was the beauty thing. When, you know, you hear about players retiring, what do you miss the most about the game? The number one thing is the locker room, the camaraderie with your teammates. Of course you missed the game. Of course you missed the money. But those days in the locker room, it cannot be duplicated anywhere else in life. So because those are like the really intimate moments with each other. When you sit down, you drop your guards, and you really get to know a person you think. You know, one thing that Earl Bruce did when I was at Ohio State, when it was time to eat our training table meal, our dinners, he used to periodically, hey, switch because you automatically get to be a click you you sit with the same buddy all the time and let's go eat and, you, and then but earl bruce is periodic all right turn your plate over you go sit with him you go sit with him just because get to know more about your teammates there's nothing to do with football you know talk about your hometowns where you come from your family your backgrounds and i still like when he used to do that because you kind of fall into a rut you know like i said you get to be territorial and we Get over here at the same time every day. You're going to sit with the same group of guys. We tell us, you know, we sit around, laugh, and joke about current events, and you eat. But now, do you really get to know this other guy? And and that was the beauty of uh, what Earl Bruce, one of the things he did. He learned a lot of that from Woody, and he said out a lot of the Ohio State guys. I carried that same philosophy once I got to the NFL. You know, people, uh, when I played at the Eagles, uh, some of my friends and guys from other teams, I mean, you guys really like each other. And it wasn't just as the reason why I guess we're Philadelphia is called the city of brotherly love. We get along very, very well. And I got along, we, that we was really close. We spent almost as much time off the field <laughs> than we did on the field together. Hey, y'all, let's meet over here on Monday night and watch Monday night football at this bowling alley and eat some chicken wings and laugh and joke and have fun. Yeah, we'll, you know, let's have stag night. Leave all the wives and girlfriends at home. We're going to so-and-so's house. We're going to have our own little cookout. Everybody bring a food, bring a beverage, and we just hit so and have time. And we would do that. And, it, it, you know, I went to other teams. It, it would I would try to do that, and it did it in a different degree. But you got to know your teammates. And so when I hear with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, and and my and, uh, and Jenkins Malcolm Jenkins are talking. I'm sure they've had moments like that. Hey, let's go to dinner. Let's bring one. And and so when you hear somebody come out and make a comment, with Drew Brees said, "Oh, that would that that that, that cuts you deep." I, I, I mean, like, wow, that's how you really feel about me. And I mean, and and I'm not trying to paint a picture of Shangri La in every locker room because some guys you just may not get along. Yeah, we're gonna go out here and play the game together, but you know. You go that way, I go this way. But once we're in this locker room, guys, we got to be on one accord. But you don't bring outside things into the locker room. I mean, we used to tease one of the guys when I was in Philadelphia. We used to call him a racist, but it was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke, and he's like, "But why?" <laughs> but you know, he's like, "But I thought I have my doubts about you." But <laughs> you know, but it's such so much of a joke. It, it, you, everybody knew he wasn't, <laughs> you know. But it was it was good, good humor. You know, just hazing in the locker room. 
Now, on the flip side to this, is it possible? Like, I just, I've never met Drew Brees, so I can't sit here and talk like, oh, the Drew Brees I know. Is it possible he could still have that feeling of, I don't, I, I can't stomach disrespecting the flag. He can't get past that, the flag, what that mean, the flag, what that means to him. Is it possible he could still have those emotions and not look at it as I'm picking the flag over standing up uh, for police police brutality uh, and, and you know for black people? So I, I guess I think that's where because when people will call in, they're going to be angry and say, "You guys are actually mad at him for being patriotic," because that's how it's spun. But at the same time. I believe that Drew Brees truly feels that way about the flag, and, and as far as patriotism is concerned, are you know are we making too much of? Oh, you feel that way, so there's no way in hell that you care about no, no, your no, black I, teammates. No, I think you he see what I mean. Oh, absolutely, but explain yourself. I mean, why now? You know, out loud. I don't know what you said in the locker room to your teammates or your mm-hmm. face. I don't think you said any of this. The reason why I feel about the flag. That's a different conversation. And we should be able to have all these conversations. So let's talk about the flag then, Drew. You know, taking a knee has nothing to do with the flag. That should have been squelched three or four years ago. But I understand, you know, his his feelings on the flag. I, yeah, I, 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 I'm with him. I, I don't like this. I don't like people to disrespect the flag. So on the flip side, it's not like black people hate the flag, and black we people can't hate like the flag. That they hate America. We like, built this land. So you know what I mean? Like <laughs> so, we got, we got to be. There's no We got to meet in the middle. Is what I guess I'm trying to say as far as that mindset's concerned. Because we've made this no, two. We can walk and chew bubblegum at the same time. Okay. So we yeah. can focus on two things at once. You know. That's not taking away any, any any lack of focus away from the flag or even from the military because we're protesting. Mm-hmm. You know, the America was built on protest. The history books taught me. <laughs> you know, so it's not that we are. You know, uh, so that's what I don't understand. What what Drew is under, we're talking about as far as protesting flag. We protested a flag before. Was it was the British flag. Did we not protest that flag? Did we not uh, loot? You think they threw all the tea in the water? You don't think they kept a little back tea for themselves when they looted something? Come on. America was built on protest. But, you know, going back to the flag thing, they were talking about, well, you, there's, a, there's a time and a place to protest. How about protesting at home? Are you kidding me? We wouldn't be in the United States of America if everybody stayed at home and protested. You know, you got to go out on the front lines and protest. You know, there's, right, there's a difference between a moment and a movement. And what is the difference? Sacrifice. Sacrifice is the difference. You know, Drew can have a, a bad moment, a bad, a bad, you know, a, a make a bad statement. But that is the that is the difference. This is a movement we got going on, and it's a sacrifice. People are putting their lives on the line every day in all these cities across America. We mean they put a lot. They're not even social distance. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. But they said that my life is, you know, I, I'm willing to sacrifice my life. You know, to make a difference in this racism, you know, for this moment, I mean, for, for this movement, it's it's worth it coming together in mass quantities of uh, thousands of people to make a difference. They're making a difference. You know, we get on the young people all the time, you know, in society, but the young people are out there protesting in cities all across, including Dayton. I'm riding over here today. I saw somebody here in Kettering. It, it was three white people, three little white girls, and they have fine signs, you know, justice, no peace. That's a, that's a, you know that's it's impactful. So we're we're finally on the right right path of making a difference. Who would have thought you saw that in Kettering in 2020? 
20 years ago, 30 years, 50 years ago. So we are shaking, they are shaking up. America. So we have got to squash this racism. And, and you know, only way you can squash racism is by meeting it, calling it out, and doing something about it. That's how change always happens. You, know, you just can't just go home and wish it away. It's never been wished away. And until we do that, that's what we're going to be faced at. And now, I said, I said earlier, we've been asking this question for generations and generations and generations. When is enough enough? Is finally 2020 enough? All right, former Buckeye Keith Byers with us here in studio. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash, Keith Byers with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We're going to step away for a few moments. 457-9464. Phone lines are open. Uh, willing to have a discussion, not a debate, not a, uh, you, you know, it doesn't, not everything, like the problem with these types of conversations is they always turn into, you've got to pick, it almost turns into, sounds like you're picking a side. And I think we just need to learn how to have these conversations. You know, Kevin and I all the time, like, we'll discuss, like, kind of different sides to things, maybe just different views and perceptions, just to kind of try to understand. Rather than just jump and attack the person right away for their comment, by the way, only elite white people should own guns. That's not one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, that, yeah, we haven't finished yeah, chopping that up. That, that, oh. that, that's not one that I'm willing to have a conversation about to try to see, well, hold on, let's, maybe he didn't mean it as What's aggressive What's the definition of elite? I don't even know, forgot what definition of elite. I, I, what, what level do you reach elite? Mm-hmm. You, went from, you go from bad to good to pretty good and great, and then you're elite? I don't know what level. How do you get there? That's, a, that's those tiers we talked about. The tiers. <laughs> those tiers. Uh, but no, we're going to get into that. The 457-9464. More. Oh. Phone lines are acting crazy again. Really? Yes. Oh, goody. <laughs> well, you know, we'll have the conversation for you. We'll be back in a moment. Twitter at fourteen ten Kenner at one K, uh, at one Kev Nash and at KAB forty one. Uh, multiple ways to be able to interact with the show. Phones again. Yeah, that's annoying. Interaction on Twitter. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in a moment, folks. Don't go anywhere. E- Thunderstorms likely this afternoon with a high of 88 degrees. Tonight, chance of thunderstorms down to a low of 67. And tomorrow, chance of thunderstorms with a high of 87. I'm Leanna Ray for 1410 ESPN Radio. Weather is brought to you by Cullet Propane. 98% of their customers. Ben Kenner Show, right here on ESPN Date, 1410 Wing AM. Welcome back, Justin Kenner, Keith Byers, Kevin Nash with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. Um, so here's the deal. The calls are coming in. You can hear us when we answer. We can't hear you. We had this issue yesterday, thought yeah. we had it resolved. It's hopefully going to be resolved today. Be patient, but also use social media. Yes. You know, in the friendly way. I know that people think that the only way to use social media is just to be, you know, mean and, and 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 all that. It doesn't always have to be like that. Like, I getting on Twitter makes my stomach hurt now, Keith. It, it, like you guys, you can't get on Twitter, and like, and you know what I do? I'll start to type a tweet. I'm like, if I do that though, it's going to be perceived as this. So I just stop. You know how many times a day I'll type out a tweet? I'm like, you know what? Never mind, because I know what I'm trying to accomplish with this tweet, but I know it's going to be spun or maybe taken out of context or. You know, whatever. But um, it it just it is what it is. <laughs> Understandable. It is what it is at this point. Uh, we were talking during the break, Keith, and uh, look, you played every, you dominated at every level. You've been in a ton of locker rooms at every level. I, actually, I am curious. Did you ever experience any kind of racial divide, tension, 
in the NFL within a locker room? Was there ever something that you can think of that you can maybe compare to what the Saints are going to have to do to get through this divide? Because this isn't some scrub player. This not that it matters, but you see my point. This is like this is the leader of the team. This is the quarterback. The I mean, a Hall of Fame legendary quarterback, Drew Brees, saying these things that has split a roster down the middle now that has star players going after. This isn't just a little, you know, fight off to the side, not a player sleeping with the other player's wife. I mean, this is a, this is major. And this is one of those where a coach has to be careful. You know, you're, you're, you're Sean Payton. It's easy to say, Sean Payton, you need to go in there and tell Drew Brees how wrong he is. He also has to know, like, you'd have to manage these. How, how does this locker room get through this? If you're playing in the NFL today, what do you think is going to happen next for the Saints as far as this is concerned? Can they get over it, through it? Yes, yes, they can get through it. Uh, I mean, um, especially it happens, just so happened the first week of June when the NFL quote-unquote opened back up. They have these organized team activities that call them OTAs. So a lot of them are back. But I, I wouldn't have one meeting, one anything. If I was a part of New Orleans Saints, I'd be there bright and early. <laughs> I would have been there bright and early this morning. I'd have been on the phone last night with some of my teammates we're gonna we're gonna we don't even want to talk about this over the phone. We're gonna come at Drew face to face, first thing in the morning, and they, whether I probably head coach probably would have called a team meeting to straighten it out. But if he didn't, we would have. I'm sure you always have a uh, a core group of leaders on every team. Those guys would hopefully they came together and got in Drew's face. And let's talk about this. Not to try to rough him. I'm not talking about intimidation or anything like that. I need to know where you really come from. I mean, you've shown some colors to us. So, you know, why do you say this and why? You know, where do you stand? Why? Let's talk about it. We got it before we can go one step farther. We need to figure out where we are right now, and 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 let's squash this. And if it can't be squashed, then things got to. You know, if, if things don't pick up, then I got to pick up things. I got to go. <laughs> you know, something's got. It's got to be a change well before we get to the regular season. Because you've heard me say on time and time and time, again, if you want to have a good regular season, you have to have a good off season. It just you don't have a lot of distractions and terminus things going during our off season, and then it's going to care. You're going to have a successful regular season. This doesn't to have a successful regular season. You have had to have going into some a lot of stabilization during off season. Doesn't mean you can't make the playoffs, but it's hard to win it all. You know, you can look at it. I mean, look at the Patriots. You know, in some of the years they didn't go to the Super Bowl, where uh, uh, Tom Brady was suspended. It was Spygate. It didn't usually end in the Super Bowl championship after that. <laughs> you know, all the, but the teams that do win it, a lot of good things that went wrong. I mean, went correct during off season. And so you, you know, that's just step one. Right now, the Saints they're not set up for success right now. And who cares? If they win the Super Bowl, we got bigger things, you know, to worry about with not who wins the Super Bowl when we're dealing with this race thing. And and racism is just like politics. They're local. <laughs> you know, they start locally. So that's how things get done. You take care of it. The local, you know, problem with your race, whatever community you live in, whatever city, whatever area, whatever state. And it just grows. It's not talked. <laughs> it's something that is a learned behavior. And so if you've been learning this behavior, then let's unlearn this behavior. Let me teach you a better way. 
You know, and again, I mean, I said it earlier once. I'm gonna say it again. I do not think Drew Brees is a racist. I don't think that about him. I know he's he's made a misstep, and it has to be corrected. It's just like if I make his misstep and I step and fall in the hole, hey, somebody help get me out of this hole. I fell down. Correct me. Get me on the right way. You know, because I can't. Remember, where's Drew Brees originally from? He's from California. From Austin, Texas. Texas. He's from Texas. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was at Purdue, and he spent I, some time I'm in from Indiana. Texas, Keith. Be careful. <laughs> same, same high school is Who? Baker Mayfield. Oh my, okay. So I don't, but hey, Drew, you got some. You know, like if this is the Lucy show, you got some explaining to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got some. And today was the first step. He made an apology. You know, right now, those are just words. I told you one of the problems I already had with the apology. He wants to come into the black community be a leader. Why don't you lead your house? Lead your locker room. <laughs> you know, lead the people you come in touch with first before you start talking about leading, you know, races or, you know, uh, people of race. You know, you, you got to, you, your, your plate is plenty full. You know, because New Orleans and now Louisiana, that's a lot of work to do right there where you live at right now. Make a difference there. And then you, that's what I said, start locally, and it'll get a rise national. It'll go national. But start with you. Start with yourself, the person in your mirror. Start in your household. You got young kids. Teach them the right way. <laughs> you know, you, you know, they look up to you. I mean, what I see from the outside, he seems to be a tremendous father, tremendous husband. Start there. And then go into the locker room where you work at. Start with the New Orleans Saints. Being a difference maker there. And then the people you come in contact with in and around New Orleans community. Start there, you know, and then it'll grow. But you first have to be open to be taught and learn. You know, read a history book. Watch a YouTube video. It's all the history you want. Where if you would have been any kind of learned individual, I think it's a bright guy, you would have never made that statement knowingly. You know, I think, you know, Martin just just racially ignorant. The, you know, he even admit I'm, I'm a part of the problem of what's been going on in the, you know, the lack thereof going on in the black community. Why? Why? Why, Drew? <laughs> you know, there's no excuse for anybody to have be that ignorant of race. Oh, I lied. They're rival schools. They're rival schools. Uh, Drew went to Westlake High School. Baker went to, where did Baker go? He went to Travis. (laughs) Travis High School. Westlake, notable alums. uh, Let's see, Sam Ellinger for Texas quarterback. Nick Foles. Who else went there? Um, Justin Tucker of the Buffalo, not Buffalo, Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, that's where he went to high school. Still Austin, Texas, though. The, good football. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Drew Brees' apology. We're going to get to Drake, Jake Fromm's apology here in a moment. By the way, Jake Fromm says that only elite white people should own guns. Um, my favorite thing is when people say something stupid, I always am entertained, and I'm not trying to make light of something, but I'm always entertained by how they try to like dig their way out of something. This one's pretty, I hate to use the word funny because it's not funny, but it, it's just interesting how they think they're going to dig their way out of this one. Question, last thing before we go to this break, because we're going to talk about Jake Fromm on the other side, Keith. I, I asked it earlier, We we just to come back to it, was there ever a time in any locker room you've been in where there was a, a racial divide as far as something that happened that your locker room had to overcome it that you can relate to this situation here? Um, 
No, not racial per se. It was more of an offense-defense problem, and it just happened to be <laughs> the guys had a problem where <laughs> were black guys against the offensive guy, which was offensive guys where we were more white guys. I'm talking about when I was in Philadelphia, there was the, the white offensive linemen thought the black defensive guys, all the linebackers, D-line, didn't like them. <laughs> I was like, you know, and it, and it wasn't, you know, um, it wasn't necessarily about race. It was about their lack of ability that they didn't like. And I was the one, since I was an offensive guy, you know, I got along with everyone. So I was kind of like the, you know, the bridge between the two. And I'm like, no, it, you know, because one of Seth Joyner and Jerome Brown, man, Seth and Jerome, they don't like me. They don't, they don't, they don't even really know you that way. They, just, they don't like you. They don't like how you play. <laughs> they don't, it's not personal. I mean, there's some nice guys. Get to know them. And, uh, they did get to know them, and their play improved. Uh, but we got along good. We got along. I mean, and uh, I, quick story. <laughs> Teammate of mine, Ron Heller, Penn State guy. He's from New York, originally white guy, and uh, he's played tackle. Jerome Brown, black guy from Brooksville, Florida, University of Miami, and they got into a fight at uh, in training camp. And before they got into a fight. Ron had said something to me about he don't think a lot of those guys like him personally. And I'm like, no, dude. You know, he was one of the ones we used to tease, you know, closet racist and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they get in a fight in training camp. And, you know, it got to be restrained. I mean, they were going at it. Ah. So now practice is over with. And it just so happened, uh, uh, what is it? Jerome, no, uh, yeah, Ron Heller is, he's one of the last ones to get to the shower. So he's on his way into the shower. He's got his a towel in his hand wrapped around his waist. And Jerome Brown, who was just fighting with, you know, <laughs> minutes ago, was coming out of the shower. And there was nobody there except them two. And he said, I'm coming out, and Jerome's coming in. They said it was like the Wild Wild West. Like, oh, my God, nobody's here to break us up. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here with a towel around my waist. Jerome's got, we're freaking naked. And <laughs> <laughs> Like that is our he said, oh, my right God, we're going to fight again? And he said, Jerome Brown just, like, hugged me. You know, he said, he got to tell him, oh, man, you know, that's that. Man. Give, give me a hug, man. You know, we cool. Ain't nothing. He's like, oh, my God. He said, after he said that moment, he said, I looked at Jerome totally different. He never been so happy to have a He's like, yeah, yeah, we just got a towel in between us. And the guy's hugging me. Like, man, you know, man, that's some real, real crap. That was, man, that's something. Man, you my man. You all right. You okay. <laughs> He's like, and he said, ever since that moment, that day, he said his relationship with Jerome Brown just improved immensely because he stood up for himself. And really, Jerome was mad at the offense line. He didn't think they were tough enough. So it wasn't a race thing. It was a you it think a, it was a Scott Burrell thing? Yeah, I don't think you're that good. Right? <laughs> he was like, "Man, I thought I was gonna, I'm gonna fight. We're gonna be rolling around." Here. <laughs> and so I asked Jerome about it. Time he's Jerome laughing. You know, oh man, we used, we said, you know, I miss miss both those guys. Really miss Jerome because <laughs> he's no longer here. But you handle it face to face, man to man. So that's why I was talking about. If I was a New Orleans Saint, Drew Brees got some, and she got some spraying to do to me right now. He's got to talk. I mean, and then after he finishes talking, his actions will speak even more louder going this day, going forward. Because, I'm, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. I'm going to see what you're going to do now. You know, how are you going to make a difference? And not by being, you know, you could be a leader by following. Hey, get in line and learn. Pick up a book, watch a, watch a documentary, and learn. It's never too late to learn. I love learning. 
All right, Justin Kenner, Keith Byers, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, so we talked about the Drew Brees apology. How about the Jake Fromm apology? You're probably saying, well, apology for what? What do he say? Well, here's one line in the text messages back and forth between him and I believe a friend. The, well, I guess a friend. The friend leaked the text messages. Um, Jake Fromm says that only elite white people should own guns. And he has an explanation for that and an apology. I'm curious what this is going to sound like. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to the Justin Kinner Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. All right, everybody, welcome back. Justin Kinner, former Buckeye Keith Byers, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, we, of course, dove into the Drew Brees uh, conversation regarding uh, not just his initial statements that sparked uh, the reaction, but his apology after. Um, and now there are new sets of comments that have been made that, uh, again, all are bad, but this one just goes to the extreme. Jake Fromm, former Georgia quarterback, drafted by the Bills. Uh, some old text messages have made the rounds on social media. Um, and in those texts, yeah, you know, even in a joking form, he says that only elite white people should own guns. And, of course, that has made, you know, circulated around. It's made its rounds. Everyone is jumping all over it. And, of course, my favorite part of all of this is always the, the, the public apology or the public statement after all is said and done. Now, Keith, I don't know about you, but... If I ever said like only only elite white people should own guns, I just I, I sometimes no apology is better than an apology because there's nothing you can say that is really going to win people over. Um, Drew Brees couldn't win people over, and I thought his message was a pretty strong message. Despite you, you know, there's always areas you could poke holes in it. I haven't read this yet. I'm about to read it out loud right now, but I can't imagine that if Drew Brees couldn't apologize his way out of what he said, I can't imagine what he's Jake Fromm's <laughs> going to say to get out of this. Jake Fromm says, I am extremely sorry that I chose to use the words elite white people. Keith, let me ask you something. If I said, uh, I think only elite white people should own guns. Oh, hold on. I shouldn't word it that way. I meant to say... Fill in the blank. What, what can you fill in the blank that would be acceptable there? I'm just curious. Like, I don't understand. So he says, I'm extremely sorry that I chose to use the words elite white people in a text message conversation, although I never meant to imply that I am an elite white person. As stated later in the conversation, there's no excuse for the word choice. So he's sorry that he alluded to himself as an elite white person. That's basically how I... So he still hasn't re re apologized for the elite white people that we mentioned earlier. While it was poor, my heart is not... Now more than you're about to be poor, you're about to get released, dummy. Uh, <laughs> while it was poor, my heart is not. Uh, now more than ever is the time for support and togetherness, and I stand against racism 100%. See, like, this is why I get why people are always like, oh, you got to say He's something. emotionally bankrupt. Stop talking. Just stop talking. Like, I get it's a double-edged sword, Keith, because we keep hearing, all right, and I'm not really using him too much of an example here, but sometimes you just got to stop talking. White people, you need to speak up. You need to say something. As we're seeing... White people, shut up. <laughs> Fangio, shut up. Drew Brees, shut up. Jake Fromm, I, I'm putting him in a separate category because there's dumb and then there's just straight racist, and that's racist. That, I mean, I, well, I, I, mean I kind of agree with you, but I don't want him to shut up to so much. Yeah, you didn't expose yourself. Jalen Rose said he's enjoying listening to the white people talk because they are exposing themselves. Yes. Um, yes. But, yeah. Talk. So, <laughs> you know, let them bones fall out of your mouth. <laughs> they got all kinds of skeletons in there. Let them talk. <laughs> you know, because that's how it should be. 
you know, I want to know how you really feel. Because until you tell me how you really feel, we can't begin to change. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why if we go to the doctor and he wants to give us an x-ray, no, 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 no x-rays. Why not? Uh, you may find something that you may need to work on. <laughs> you know, I need to dial. I need the x-ray. Then give me an MRI. Go a little deeper. We didn't get enough on an x-ray. We got to let me get an MRI. So that's what we need. We need an MRI to get this racism completely out. To, to, to begin to even start, to, you know, where does it begin? Well, I said, it starts with you. Start with the person you see in the mirror. <laughs> you know, and I, it, it, it's everybody. You know, that, that when I say racism, it automatically means, you, you know, white. But if you're black and racist, that you know, that can happen too. <laughs> but doesn't doesn't matter. It starts with everybody who has racism in them. Let's get this out. And beginning of and don't when you you've been accused of racism, so I think you're racist. Don't come back and say, "Well, I got a black friend." That's even deeper. You still don't get it. Then you start talking about you know how many black friends I got. It's even worse. You can count them. <laughs> don't do that. Well, it's like Kev the other day. We're talking about this. Father-in-law is a retired police officer. Yeah, he started talking about all the police officers. You know, I said you're doing the you're doing the version. Oh, my best friend's black, so I can say anything I say after this is justifiable. You know what? You can tell like the money difference. You know, Drew Brees had help writing that statement, and you can tell. From wrote, <laughs> wrote that himself. I mean, it's as simple as this for Jake Fromm. He could have just been perfectly honest. Like, you know, it was a dumb joke I was making with a friend and kind of left it at that. But, like, when you start to, like you said, we keep talking, you're just sounding more and more stupid, more and more words you use. <laughs> like, it was a dumb joke I was using with a friend. It's unacceptable. I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah, like I said, folks, he said that only elite white people should own guns. This is how he opens his statement. I am extremely sorry that I chose to use the words elite white people in a text message conversation. Uh, again, I bet you he think that sounds smart. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound smart. That sounds worse. Because usually when people say that, it's as if they're like, I, I shouldn't have used the phrase elite white people. I, I just <laughs> I just meant, you know, regular white people should be the only ones owning guns. I mean, I, I don't know what he is. Like, you're right, Kev. Uh, a, you know, so a PR department helped Drew Brees with his. Possibly, no one helped him. Nobody. With uh, it does go on to say that Fromm said he addressed his behavior with his teammates and coaches in a team meeting on Thursday. Uh, again, the former fifth round draft pick for the Bills. Uh, you know, this past draft, and, and he don't have the built up equity that Drew Brees has. Let's keep it real. Like Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's helped make a lot of people a lot of money. Help won a Super Bowl. And they helped him make a lot of money, yeah, too. Yeah, help him make a lot of money. <laughs> Real quick. So I, he, oh, he, he, he has built up equity, like, as mad as people can be at him. They're, they're definitely fans. And some people on his team, like, well, you know what? I ain't got to like him, but he can throw that ball. No, but uh, I mean, no, but it, but it has to go both ways. I know it's a totally different. People still have a problem with OJ. He won a Heisman Trophy. So that don't give him a pass. <laughs> you know, you're still going to catch the backlash. You know, from this, you know, so that's, you know, that that doesn't get you a, you know, a get out of pass, you know, a pass. But like uh, what Jake Fromm was saying, he didn't mean to say elite, but you did mean to say all black people, all Hispanic people, all others don't have guns, period. There's nothing in Jake's mindset from what his, his, his tweet says that he's okay with anybody 
else having guns. It's just he wants to start with elite, but he shouldn't have said elite white people. But uh, uh, so that must means just all white people. Yeah, he tried. To he never once said anything about black people. He never said anything <laughs> about Hispanic. Never about Indian. None, none of that. None of them should ever have a gun. Yeah, he he's trying to sound. You're right. He's just trying to. Kev, don't worry. Listen, the phone lines are ringing off the hook. When we answer, we can't hear you. You can hear us. Tweeters, we're but it's driving. It's hard to drive and tweet. Maybe if we go straight on air, you want to try that? Yeah, why not? Let's give it a shot. Caller, what's <laughs> up? Can you hear us? Nope. They can hear us, but we can't. They can hear, hear us. We can't hear them. So, folks, that was a good question, by the way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I believe Caller, you had a good question. We really love. We, we like that point you just made. But again, like you know, I'm extremely sorry that I chose to use the words "elite white." You sh- so if you take a lead out, you're still saying only white people should own guns. <laughs> and oh, it is yeah. what it is. Oh, we got something. We're, we're, we're cooking with, with, with something here. Who we got? We got Jerry. Uh, I think yeah, it was Jerry. Yeah, two? Okay. Jerry, what's up, man? Thank you. Oh. Jerry, we thought That's we had so something close. there. We were Jerry, you there? You there? Yeah. Hey, holy smokes, we got something. All right, what's up, man? Hey, man, I was listening to you guys talk about Jake Fromm. And just a comment. First of all, the, the the last people on earth I'd want to see having firearms when no one else did as elite white people. Those a lot of those people were freaking crazy. But beyond that point, I don't see how in this day and age you can. Ha- I, I know people do. It's frustrating, but man, we just got to get to the point where we all see each other without color. Man, I don't know how we get there, but it's just frustrating. Can you help me out? Can you help me? I'm trying to figure out what and who who is elite when he says that. I mean, we we took a couple stabs. Out. I don't think we hit it. What would be his definition? Uh, or guessing with his definition, who was he talking about when he says elite white I, people? You know, I don't really know, and I hate to try and get into the mind of such a just a crazy statement. Um, but I do think you're right that. You know, I don't think it's a mistake that the words elite and the word white were in the same description, right? Um, whether that was conscious on his part or not, um, you know, he did put the two, he did put the two words together. <laughs> right. So, um, I can't hear you. You probably can hear me. Oh, I can hear someone in the back. Yeah, sorry, Jerry. We're, it's, we're, the phones are all messed up, man. Oh, I but, got you, man. But, but so Jerry, that was just my comment. I, I, I didn't mean to be flip about it, but in, in all seriousness, I mean, um, the notion that anybody should be denied any constitutional right because of their color, of their skin, is just crazy. So, Jerry, we, appre- we appreciate the comment. Thank you. Thank you. Later. All right. Uh, we're... Again, we will let you know for sure when the we're gonna give it one more yeah. shot. We th- we got some there. No, nope. folks, we apologize again. We're trying to get that fixed. We'll let you know. But uh, again, it's gonna be interesting moving forward. The statement from Jake Fromm. It's interesting. You, you talked about. I think it was you, Kev, that said Drew Brees. You know, he had built up. Uh, you know, his career. Yeah. I, I think that's why his comments yesterday that weren't so aggressive drew out a 10 times more emotional reaction because you know the clout that he has within the league and mainly because a lot of people looked at him as a guy that again not a lot of big name white athletes out there but he's one that does pack a punch with his words and the one time that he does speak out it's in a way that is bringing attention to it in the opposite way uh, that it should be at this point so it's unfortunate but that's where we're at with this Jake Fromm is he a bill is he pl- is he on a roster when the season starts 
Wayne game? Uh, possibly. I mean, I don't think this is a fireball offense if you're the Buffalo Bills right now. He's young and well, he's young and dumb. <laughs> you know, to make that that's I think it would be a football decision if he's not on Buffalo. It would be a football decision. I mean, I guess there is a reason why he's not a first round pick or a second round pick. So, and they don't necessarily need him. To, to you know, they they pretty good with Josh Allen. He carried him to the playoffs last year. So. Buffalo Bills' success is not predicated on Jake Fromm making a 53-man roster right at this point. All right, Keith, thank you um, for taking time off the green today to come in. And Certainly. I don't know if that's what you were doing or not, but that's where I would be if I didn't have anything to do today, so there you go. Uh, but College Football Hall of Famer Keith Byers, good enough to hang out with us today. Tune into the Keith Byers Show mo- Mondays from noon to 1. The Keith Byers Show presented by Lee's Famous uh, Recipe Chicken. We're going to work on getting the phones fixed. Uh, we're going to chat with Wright State Athletic Director Bob Grant coming up. Kevin, I would, just don't worry about him for right now. We'll get it fixed in a bit. Wright State Athletic Director Bob Grant, uh, we're going to talk with him here in a few moments. We got a lot of questions yesterday after Wright State had cut three of their sport programs to fall below the D1 minimum. Um, and, and again, they go from 14 sports uh, fourteen sports to 11 uh, and are technically no longer eligible to be a D1 program. Obviously, have applied for a waiver. A lot of schools in similar situations due to the budget cuts because of the coronavirus what happens if that waiver is not approved what you know how quickly are you considered a d2 team what happens next what's the likelihood that they are granted the waiver we're going to talk about that with bob grant coming up next don't go anywhere ESPN radio station, 1410, Wing AM. Phone lines still down. We apologize. Uh, but again, taking your reaction on social media at 1410Kenner on Twitter at, at one Kev Nash. Yeah, how's your social media? How's your Twitter? Um, um, averaging three unfollows an hour at this point. <laughs> you know, For saying racism is bad. Oh, goodness. You know, something Keith said that uh, is very important about not allowing this to be a moment let this be a movement you know and with that comes being registered to vote actually voting and not just voting in the presidential election voting in all elections and most importantly knowing the issues on the ballot that's how you continue a movement as opposed to just being here for the hashtag being here for the picture op being here to be a part of a protest and being seen on tv or for goodness sakes, out there looting and destroying property. You know, those are the easy parts. You know, the follow-through is the hard part. You know what I'm saying? Reading and understanding what you're voting for and knowing what's on the ballot. Those are the hard parts that people must follow through with to make this a whole movement because if people truly want to change going forward, they have to do the things not just today but tomorrow. And the day after that, and the month after that, and the two months after that, and the years after that, to continue the momentum of trying to bring this country to what we all want it to be, inclusive for everybody. So I just wanted to say that, man. You know, it, it, I, I see a lot of things out there, and you and I have talked about this before about lip service and these statements from companies and celebrities. You know, all right, you you made your statement. You said you're with the movement. Let's see some follow through. Let's make sure you're following through with those. And, you know, and us as fans of these athletes and celebrities, 
you know, we hold them accountable. And, and you know how we hold them accountable? We, we, we check in with them. We check in with them on their social media. That's why they have social media for to connect with the fans, right? So if your favorite athlete has made a statement about, you know, wanting to bring the country together, check up on them. Pull up on them. Jump in their DMs. See what they're doing. Are they doing it? It's perfectly fine. And I'm with it. I'm with everybody trying to be positive and move this country forward in a positive direction to be inclusive for everybody. All right. Well, we'll put a pause on that to get back to it coming up here in a moment. Uh, again, working on the phones. Did I lose any Twitter media. followers? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, thank you, Keith Byers, for taking time and coming in and hanging out with us here today. Um, and we'll keep an eye on, again, more of the follow. That Jake Fromm incident just happened about an hour or two ago as far as the release of that, when it started making its rounds and the reaction, the apology. Uh, so we'll continue to follow that because my frustration is is the reaction that Drew Brees got yesterday is the reaction that Jake Fromm should have got today. The disgust that LeBron had in his voice, the disgust mm-hmm. that Jenkins had in his voice, and, and Michael Thomas and everybody else. Like, I'm not saying that they didn't have the right to be upset with it, but I, I what I'm saying is, is I think that Drew Brees, people jumped on him to the extreme. And if Drew Brees said what Jake Fromm said, if Drew Brees, like it, that, the way that people jumped on Drew Brees yesterday, you would have thought that he would have made the statement that Jake Fromm did, that only elite white people should own guns. Like, I could see that reaction. I mean, with Jenkins crying and everything. Again, they're closer with Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they thought they knew him in a different way, and they felt that he was with them in a different way. I get that side of it, but uh, we just, the, the reaction, like, want people to talk, you want people to have conversations, but the second that you don't like what you hear, jumping on it to that extent is not going to allow other people to feel comfortable to maybe have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And I get it. You want people to talk, they're exposing themselves. I don't believe that people are exposing themselves as like they wake up in the morning and man, another day, great day to be a racist today. I mean, they like you grow up a certain way, you you things in your life are a certain way. You don't even re- you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not an excuse because there's means out there for you to go and educate yourself. Right? Uh, it's not like we don't talk about everything that needs to change in the world, but at the same time, if you want things to change, maybe use these examples to have a conversation versus putting multiple videos up just blasting a guy that's your teammate who what Malcolm Jenkins is saying isn't wrong but you know it, it is we'll, we'll get into more of that coming up in a bit regardless but that Jake Fromm thing man that was <laughs> that's just stupid like I, I there is there is a, like we tried to dissect Drew Brees a little bit like well maybe he met no 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 there's no you know well what about Vic Fangio well maybe he met just from the locker room perspective no you, you could do that maybe with the you can't dissect only white elite white people should own guns Jake Fromm like there there is no coming back from that one bad joke man so, all right. Um, earlier today, fourteen ten wing live. Bob Grant, the athletic director uh, at Wright State. Uh, of course, he had a tough day. The entire athletics department, the school itself, had a, t- a tough day yesterday, announcing that they had to cut three of their sports programs: the men and women's tennis team and uh, softball. With that, with the cu- with cutting those three programs, that puts Wright State below the fourteen team minimum requirement to be considered a D one um, program, and. Everyone right away last night's tweeted me. So does that mean they're D two right away? And then of course you have the morons who are just making jokes and all that stuff. And I, you know, what it is what it, you know, all the reaction. We got to answer a couple of those questions. For one, if the waiver is not approved, I mean, they have applied for a waiver 
to be given time, like a probationary period. Uh, Bob Grant allude, will allude to that coming up in this interview. Probation. Basically like a probationary period where you'll be able to move forward as a D1 program, even though you're below the, the minimum team mark. But you will have to you know provide a plan. Okay, How do you plan on getting back to that 14-team minimum? What's your plan to dig out of this you know financial hole at the moment? Um, so it's interesting what's ahead it's not a guarantee that they're going to be approved i would be shocked if they didn't though because everyone that's there's a lot of other schools in similar situations um and i don't see why they would not be approved but who knows the ncaa does some strange things who knows but if they weren't approved it wouldn't go into effect right away from what i'm hearing so that's uh an interesting note right there Uh, but we had a good conversation with bob grant earlier today athletic director for wright state what's next again we're hearing about all these colleges who are having to cut programs and make changes due to to the drastic budget cuts because of the impact of COVID 19 wright state was just the latest school to be impacted by that here's wright state athletic director bob grant bob welcome in sir how are you Hi, Justin. Thanks for having me. Yes, and listen, I you know the last time we spoke too, I said I always enjoy talking to you, but the last two times we spoke have been obviously under unfortunate circumstances. You've done a fantastic job with the athletics department, but these are obviously days that I'm sure you want to forget about right now. Yeah, it, it, the whole thing really since the pandemic hit, Justin has been like a nightmare. It's you know it's turned the world upside down, affected so many people and so many businesses and so many industries including higher education and college athletics. And so, um, you know, Wright State has financial difficulties they're dealing with right now. It's going to affect the entire campus. Um, the pandemic, you know, has really maybe made things much, much worse for a lot of schools, I think us included. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, we, we cut a million dollars of our spending budget, agreed to do that about six weeks ago, uh, and, and have really kind of waited for their shoe to drop, knowing the university needs all areas to cut, you know, in order to, to remain viable and do great things like I know they will and can. And so, you know, when we got the message, we've got to cut another million dollars. And, and you and I have talked enough to know that, you know, we're funded lowest in the state, bottom of the horizon league. And it's, you know, we don't have extra sports. We don't have really the anvil of expensive football. And so, you know, then you've got to really make an awful decision that no AD wants to make of cutting sports in order to get, you know, to the number you've got to get to in savings. And so, you know, we looked at it and we looked at it for weeks of thinking if this day came, how would we handle it? And it tried to, you know, affect the least amount of student athletes while impacting the budget in the best way from a financial savings standpoint. Um, and, and, you know, it was an awful day yesterday. Um, you know, you, you never want to call a coach and, and convey that message. You don't want to, you know, be on a, on a Zoom call with student athletes. You'd obviously rather do it in person, but the pandemic kind of stops that from happening. Uh, but just, an all-around awful day that that, that uh, you know, is like a nightmare, honestly. Yeah, and then, yeah. as the day and week have gone on, do you hear that in the background? I'm sorry. No, I'm okay. I can hear you fine. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just heard an echo in my headsets. Anyways, we'll restart that. Um, we we know we've known that there was going to be an ongoing impact of the coronavirus as far as the budget is concerned, and then you kind of alluded to it. You kind of knew that this time was coming at, at some point. At what point did this become a reality that you were going to have to probably start shifting around some programs and really considering what to do next? We, we, we worried about that and planned for that in case it would happen and just hoped and prayed it wouldn't, Justin. And, you know, we, we really figured out that that was the only way to get to a number we needed to get to, you know, to be part of, of the solution for the entire university during this pandemic. And that was probably early this week. So, 
you know, a short timeline and an awful timeline because, you know, you want to hang on to your sports as long as possible. Uh, every AD does. And, and this is happening almost on a daily basis right now. It feels like, you, you know, you open up a website and see where someone's dropping sports uh, really because of, of the pandemic. But you want to hang on to your sports as long as possible. But when you know you've got to make a move, you want to make that as quick as possible, too, to give those student athletes a chance to go someplace else if they can give them, you know, every opportunity to explore options. And, you know, I think this whole thing started probably six weeks ago uh, when Cincinnati dropped men's soccer. And that was uh, sort of a, you know, almost a, a harbinger of things to come. And you saw athletic departments all over, you know, trying to, to adjust financially doing this. And I really hoped it wouldn't come to that for us, um, but it did. And so, Again, there's no, you know, no good news to share here at all. Uh, the last time we spoke, we had said, hey, you know, we have a lot of questions. Maybe there's not a whole lot of answers to these questions. And I think we're still in that same boat all these weeks later. Um, but I, I guess it's a very generic and simple-based question, Bob. But what's next now? I know, you know, in the press release yesterday, uh, you had commented on, on the waiver. Um, that's what, you know, because right now it's 14 teams, sporting teams minimum for the NCAA to be declared Division One. You guys are three below that now. What's next as far as that's concerned? Because that obviously impacts basketball, baseball, sure. you know, volleyball, every sport that, that's remaining for you guys right now. Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, what's next in the big picture? I'll give you the same answer I gave you guys six or seven weeks ago, uncertainty. <laughs> you know, what's the fall going to look like at every college campus in America? What's a fall season going to look like for fall sports? You know, again, we don't have football, so, um, you know, that, that changes the equation for us a little bit, makes us, I think, a little more protected, a little more agile, a little more nimble. Um, the NCAA came out, oh, probably a month ago. We tracked on this, knowing that it might be possible with a waiver that would allow you to fall below the minimum, whatever your minimum was. Without football, any type of football, our minimum is 14. So it would allow us to fall below that minimum for a probationary period of time to be determined, really, Justin. And this is a new thing. And so I've been in contact several times with the NCAA, with the Horizon League. Uh, I think we fit right in the wheelhouse of what this waiver is exactly designed for. When there are financial you know, issues that, that are caused or accelerated by the COVID pandemic, uh, you know, what they want to be careful of is you don't want to have an athletic department say, well, hey, we, we want to get rid of this sport. So let's use COVID as cover to do that. So that's why you've got to go through a waiver process. Um, we've got some time to go through that waiver process. And then we'll work with the NCAA, my understanding, on a very regular basis to say, okay, hey, you're one month into you know, what's an 18-month process or 24-month process or 12-month process, what's your progress look like? What's your plan? What sport, maybe it's the same sports that you were forced to cut, what sports will you bring back? So we'll have those kind of conversations, you know, uh, ongoing really, I would think starting in the next week or so. I would love to just end it at that, but uh, we, we're getting a lot of questions and maybe you would have answers to these too, and I'm hoping it doesn't come to this, but let's say that that waiver is denied. How? What's the soonest that that comes into play? I mean, is basketball, volleyball, everything just D2 right off the bat? I mean, what's, uh, yeah. as far as immediacy is concerned, sure, what, yeah. what would that look like, if you don't mind? I don't think anything immediate right now. You know, if we were out of compliance, didn't get the waiver, I believe at the end of this year, that would be okay, right, State, what are you going to do? Uh, so that's that's not a big worry or fear of mine. Again, you got to go through this process. You never know what the process looks like. It's a brand new process for sure. But I think uh, again, you know, the NCAA is compassionate. They put these things in place for a reason. We are not the only school who will be or or, or, or you know are currently seeking a waiver. Um, and look, the facts are the facts. You know, we, we don't spend a lot of money on athletics. We we've 
have financial issues all across the campus. Everyone has to be part of the solution, including athletics. If that means downsizing our footprint to help Wright State thrive in the future, which I think they can, Justin. And not to give a little PSA for Wright State, but I think, you know, in this awful pandemic time, I think the university is, is very uniquely positioned to do well. We are a stay home, stay safe, stay financially solvent kind of, a, of an option that gives you a fantastic education. You've heard me say it before. Now I've got two business degrees from Wright State, and I don't feel like, you know, I take a backseat to anybody when I sit in a meeting with people who have degrees from expensive schools or Ivy League schools. So, um, you know, in, in some ways, um, you know, maybe we can have a niche in this market that, that, that helps us. All right, Wright State Athletic Director Bob Grant, good enough to join us here this afternoon. Uh, Bob, it was great catching up. I'm sorry, again, it's under these circumstances. But I shot you a text yesterday and just said, I don't envy you. I don't envy the spot that you're in. But you guys have done a fantastic job yourself, Joy Lynn, Jeff Giles, Chris Bethel. And I know I'm, you know, Nick Phillips. I'm leaving a, a bunch of individuals out. Uh, but your team, you know, as your athletics department team, do a fantastic job. And I know yesterday was not a fun day for any of you. No, it, it was awful, Justin, and, and, and it's just, uh, I hate it, you know, for the, for the almost 40 student athletes that are affected. Um, you know, there's no easy way to do this. I would have much preferred to have done it in person. That obviously wasn't possible. And then you, you try to do the right thing if you can, and most universities, but not all are doing this. You know, we're going to honor athletic scholarships for any of our tennis players or softball players, even if they were just yes. haven't been on campus yet. So, you know, if you were coming as a, as a tennis player for us, hadn't been on campus as a freshman, we're going to honor our commitment to you for the next four years. Um, and, and, you know, that that's just the right human thing to do. Um, but beyond that, you know, we'll help with any kind of, of help in transferring, getting in the transfer portal, those kind of things. Uh, we're going to pay out the coaches' contracts. But it's, I mean, no matter how you, you, you talk about it, it's just an awful situation that, uh, you know, this is actually the second time we've had to do this. You know, we cut the swimming and diving programs a few years ago, and that was equally as awful as this. Um, and so, uh, you know, I wish we were in a position where we didn't have to do that. Um, you know, there, there's so many schools that are doing it right now. Last count, I think I saw covering all divisions. There have been 100 schools who have made cuts in athletic programs, and it makes me sick that Wright State had to be part of that. But, you know, we've got to look at the greater good of what's good for the university financially moving forward. And, and you know, I say a lot, athletes will always – be a part of the solution. You know, our job is to make the university look good, to gain exposure, to engage donors and alumni, to draw people to right state. And so that's going to continue to be the way we operate. Thunderstorms likely this afternoon with a high of 88 degrees. Tonight, chance of thunderstorms down to a low of 67. And tomorrow, chance of thunderstorms with a high of 87. I'm Leanna Ray for 1410 ESPN Radio. Weather brought to you by Cullet Seal Coating. Protecting the asphalt surfaces around the Justin Kidder Show. Right here on ESPN Date, 1410 Wing AM. Welcome back. It's the Justin Kinner Show live here on 1410 ESPN Radio. So we think we have a phone line. Fit. We have one open. <laughs> All right. Of the 10 that we have, we have one open right now. I, I don't know what's going on. Regardless, 457-9464. Uh, I know we, like, we're, we're looking at it. We see like the 10 lights blinking off like crazy. Every time we go to it, then we're so we got one that's fixed for the time being. So four five seven nine four six four to jump in on the conversation. Any conversation, 
any topic on your mind, uh, you drive the bus uh, and help us out here. So, 457-9464. Okay, how about this, though? We we lightly touched on it to open up the first hour, Kev. The NBA yesterday, of course, we, we announced that there was sources out there that the NBA was back. Well, we prematurely talked about the NBA being back yesterday as if it was back. Well, we should have just waited a little bit because today it's officially back. Woo! It's officially back. The NBA, uh, and it was kind of cool, Adam Silver, you know, the MJ documentary, The Last Dance, uh, the second greatest player of all time. He, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, when he came back out of retirement after he quit on his team the first time, he put out the, what? (laughs) He put out the press release. I'm going to get some boo drops when every time you hate Boo. Uh, Yeah, it's okay. So, second greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan, when he quit on his team the first time and then came back, uh, he had that press release that just said, I'm back. Well, Adam Mm -hmm. Silver copied the second best player of all time today. you know, but the difference is the NBA didn't quit. On, you know, but anyways, so Adam Silver puts out the press release today. Really cool. Just says, we're back. I thought that was pretty neat, though. Okay. I think you lost me with all the Jordan hate before you got to the real story that So in, the in MJ fashion, back. you quit listening? Is that what you're saying? Facts. By the way, this NBA theme right here. Mm-hmm. Like, when I hear this, I, like, it's just, I get pumped for NBA. Like, I love the NBA. I love, like, this theme right here. It's kind of like on Fox. I hate that the NFL theme on Fox, that what used to just be the NFL theme, they use it for baseball now. They use it for everything on Fox. I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. Like, because when I hear that, I think of the NFL. Now they're using it for baseball uh, on college basketball. When Fox Sports carries college basketball, they have the NFL theme or that theme come back. I hate it. This... I just, you know, I picture the NBC broadcast that, you know, the pan shots of the, you know, United, not technically the United Center during that time, but you know what I mean. So bottom line is, man, I, I just. Chicago yeah, Stadium. Chicago Stadium. Exactly. So really cool, though. The NBA coming back. It's official. Uh, 22 teams. Now, this is where they forced. They look, they forced some things. Yeah. Um, they had the leeway to do that, I guess. I don't think it changes anything. The bottom line is there's only one team that has ever won an NBA championship lower than a four seed. So it's Houston not Rockets. that big of the Houston Rockets. Well played. Um, that was that. Oh, that was the year that MJ quit. Yeah. So the Rockets won when MJ quit, right? Yeah. Yeah. MJ was already gone already. That was their uh, second championship. So the second year after he quit. <laughs> I just make it sure my timeline. Second year. It was the second year when they made a trade for Clyde Drexler. And uh, Kenny Smith went bananas and on uh, on the Magic in the finals, and they sure went it. Hey, yeah, man, I always watch hockey, man. Go Blue Jackets. There you go. Almost now, bought me a hat last year. So the NBA playoffs usually chalk. They got a little gimmicky here. They forced some things. For instance, usually in the NBA playoffs, seeds one through eight in the East. They play amongst one another to crown an Eastern Conference champion. The one through eight in the West do the same thing on the Western side, Western Conference. This year, there's 13 teams in the playoff out of the Western Conference, and there's nine teams out of the Eastern Conference. Um, and when you look at the extra teams that got in, number nine, the Washington Wizards. There, I mean, you're not going to get John Wall back, but you know, Beal having a good year. Mm-hmm. Wizards were semi entertaining. I mean, they weren't. You know, it, it is what it is, but. So the Memphis Grizzlies are the eight seed in the West. The Portland Trailblazers at number nine, you got Dame Lillard in. By the way, remember earlier I asked, I said, who voted like the one team that didn't vote for it? It was the Portland Trailblazers. (laughs) Why? Because that's called, well, for one, you're that bad. Like, 
all the teams that didn't make it, like the like the Cavs and those teams, they're in the NBA lottery. Yeah, the the Trailblazers should technically be in that mix, right? But because they were picked to be in this, you know, they're like, why are we going to come back and do all this work to get beat in the first round? You're going to play eight game, regular season games. They're going to train for in the same way they would for an entire season to play maybe ten games, eight regular season games, and if you don't perform well, only two games in the playoffs. Like it's like a weird. I, I don't get the playoff format. It's kind of strange, uh, but they did get the Pelicans in. They got Zion. They got Zion. You, so the, yesterday when you asked me about, you know, is there a surprise team in either the Eastern or the Western Conference, I don't believe there is. NBA is usually chalk, but you did get some entertaining pieces in here uh, as far as that's concerned. The San Antonio Spurs, I don't find them really entertaining. Go Spurs, go. But it's Greg Popovich and the Spurs. So the bottom line is the NBA is back. Now, 22 teams will return. The league will have the eighth and ninth seeds playoff if the ninth seed is four or fewer games behind. Um, the league, I don't get this. Uh, the league plans to play eight regular season games per team plus two possible play-in games and best of seven series in the postseason. The Portland Trailblazers were the only team to vote against the proposal. Now, here's what's coming up for the NBA. Training camp will begin on June 30th through July 7th. What? Yeah. June 30th. <laughs> June th- training camp, June 30th through July 7th. 2019-2020 season will begin on July 31st. Come on. Jeez. What are you doing? So why is camp starting on June 30th through July 7th? I, 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 mean, I guess I get, I get it. They got to make arrangements. I mean, a lot of players like Chris Paul, he doesn't live in OKC. He lives in California, so I mean, I know like a lot of players probably went home, home, and you got to get your priorities in order. So okay, fine. You, at, at this point, I'll just have to deal with it. Yeah, my my guy Schrody texted in saying, "You're completely wrong on why the Trailblazers already know." Well, Schrody, tell me why. You text me that pointless text. You got to at least explain why, Schrody. You can't just say you're wrong and then not tell me why I'm wrong. I'm used to being wrong. you got to at least tell me why I'm wrong so I <laughs> yeah, won't continue to be wrong moving forward. Uh, but you notice he didn't tell me I was wrong about MJ quitting and being the second best player of all time. That's LeBron. J- LeBron number one. Just that, that's, three um, time, that's three times in one day. Oh, there's we got an hour and a half. Um, so the season will begin on July 31st. So we have a date. July 31st, <laughs> the NBA returns. Folks, you got, and I'm curious too. Like for those out there, because we get it all the time, Kev. Oh, I hate the NBA. I don't watch it. They don't play defense. They don't play defense. They don't play defense. Oh, it's not like it, it's nothing like it was in the '90s. You know, you know, where the it's nothing like in the '90s when they had all those expansion teams. You know, oh man, yeah. It's nothing like in the '90s when you know MJ won six titles, but he quit a couple times. You know, it's nothing like that. You know, That's I get how good it. Good he was. I get it. That's how good he was. That's how good he was. That when he left, his team still won almost 50 games and still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, they were fine. Semifinals. Semifinals. Oh, okay. Yeah. How were they that second year? They were. They were position. They were terrible. They were. Oh, please. You want to talk about terrible? Look at any team that is left after LeBron leaves. They ain't winning no. 40 games the next year. They, In fact, you combine... Are we doing this? You combine... Are we doing this? You combine... We're supposed to be celebrating the, that. No, no, we are celebrating. We're celebrating, celebrating that the best player of all time is coming back on July 31st. LeBron should put that out. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. 
Because the greatest of all time is coming back. Now, you know, LeBron didn't miss all this time because he quit like MJ did. He's coming back because, you know, the coronavirus. That's what it took to stop the best of all time in LeBron James. <laughs> oh, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming sooner or later. What stopped Michael Jordan? I can't take it anymore. The media. The media. The media. What stopped LeBron James? COVID-19. Just saying. What? I'm just saying. I got nothing, man. I got nothing. It's all right. No, but in all seriousness, again, the season tips off on July 31st, or at least re-tips off. Uh, free agency begins on October 18th. And, again, the 2021 target dates, November 10th, will be training camp December 1st. Opening night? Are you kidding? So the NBA 2020 2019-2020 season resumes on July 31st. Training camp will begin for next season in November. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, October 12th is the date for Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Could you imagine the team, like, if there's a Game 7 of the NBA Finals? Like, so when LeBron wins his fourth ring on October 12th, if it, if it even goes that far, oh, I know, if he was the, if he was the GOAT, what, what's Game 7 in the Finals? Never heard of Game 7 in the Finals. <laughs> yeah, play a real team. Anyway, so, uh, what was I going to say here? Oh, yeah, so... That's crazy, Kev. I'm not complaining. That's great. Basketball fans, you got to love it because, honestly, March 11th is the last time they played. So you go from March 11th, that's all of March, all of April, all of May, all of June, and basically all of July. I know there's practicing in there, but that's five months of no games. Five months of no games. So the season starts July 31st. Game 7, if it goes to that far in the NBA Finals, is on October 12th. And then you're talking about training camp a month later. Less than that, technically, November 10th is when training camp would start for the next season, and then December 1st would be opening night. Why would you not push that back? Just push it back to Christmas. So let Christmas be the opening night. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, that, I'm not comfortable. I guess, I guess you want to have some warm up games before Christmas so you can get some real good basketball on Christmas Day. That's what I'm guessing. But also, you got to think about this, too. The Olympics are next summer, too. Because the Olympics, Olympics are supposed to be this summer. That's so why they're now doing now they got to have us finish this season, start next season, and the Olympics. I don't see a lot of those guys that had originally committed to going to play in the Olympics going to the Olympics. I think they're about to be out there with Obi and, like, a lot of rookies. Yeah, I... I don't know. I, I'm I'm regardless either way. I'm pumped for everything that's coming up. Um, right now, it looks like the Cavaliers have a 13. Uh, Cleveland, the Cavaliers have the top odds to get the number one overall pick. That doesn't mean that they'll get Obi because I don't think Obi's a number one overall type pick. I think he's going to. You don't want the number one pick this sticks. year. You don't want to know no. this year. You don't. So if you want to talk about where Obi Toppin could potentially end up, we know that the Cleveland Cavaliers have the highest odds of ending up with the number one overall pick. I don't believe he ends up there. But there's a good shot. Obi could end up with a team that's within a decent radius around Dayton. We'll talk about that next. Ask Sherwin-Williams and get your color your way. We've made it easier than ever to try and buy color. Preview paint colors in your home with our ColorSnap app. Then visit SWColorChips.com to have color chips delivered to your door for free. And when you're ready to paint, buy online or call your local Sherwin-Williams store for curbside pickup and get everything you need without leaving your car. Stabs and straight talk. 
Even though most live sports are on hold now, big wireless companies haven't stopped playing games. They're always trying to lock you into overpriced contracts. With Straight Talk Wireless, there are no contracts. It runs on America's best network, same as the big carriers, but you save up to 50%. The Kenner Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. I wasn't going to do this today, but no, 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 no. So I was listening to Sports Talk in Cleveland earlier today. Who were you listening to? 92. Was it 92 oh. 3 the fan? Okay. I like 92 3 the fan. Anyways. <clears throat> um, their debate today was about Tristan Thompson and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that... Because, again, we talked about the the NBA. It's officially coming back July 31st, 2025. Uh, you know, it seems like it's so far <laughs> off in the distance. Uh, 20, you know, we're still two months away. But we know, like, you feel, don't you feel good, though? You know when it is? Like, it, it sucks that it's so far away. But, like, football, I, I don't know about you. I am not letting myself get excited. I'm just not. Even with NBA back, because something could happen between now and, yeah. and July 31st. Keep in mind... This is the first time we've heard a target date for anything in a while because I remember when the NBA stopped on March 11th. They kept saying, well, we're going to, you know, no games for the next two weeks. Oh, okay, two weeks. Two weeks later. All games are suspended immediately until we know what's going on. We would like to start, you know, by you know mid-May. Oh, okay. Cool. Get to mid-May. Like June. Now it's June. Uh, you know, July. Well, end of July. Basically, August. July 31st, folks. Like high school long, football, long time. From high now. school football will be kicking off a few weeks after that, hopefully. So my point is, is, everything keeps getting pushed back. Remember Major League Baseball, spring training, send everybody home. Everyone's like, we're looking to get the season started, and you know, hopefully mid-April, oh mid-May, oh beginning of June. Trevor Bauer, you know, they're all yeah, they're all dumb. We don't know what's going on. Base. By the way, tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. They want to start on July 4th. It ain't happening if they don't have a deal done by tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday. So hopefully that gets done here soon, if it gets done at all. Um, point is, is that so the NBA announced they're coming back. 22 teams are only coming back. Eight teams are not. The eight teams that will not be playing in the NBA reboot coming up on July 31st. I like that. I like that. Uh, will be reboot. the Cavaliers. So their season is officially over. The Atlanta Hawks, Vince Carter, his career officially over. The Warriors, it sounds weird, their season officially over, which I'm okay with. Mm -hmm. Get Tristan, not Tristan, sorry, we were going to talk about him. Get, uh, obviously, Clay Thompson healed up. Get Steph Curry healed up. That trio, man, and Draymond, and I don't know what Draymond's long-term future is with that team, but, man, I'm excited to see kind of what... I'm curious how much... They will look like the Warriors of old before Durant because they're not old. They're still in their prime. Like this isn't like a oh, it's the Warriors. You know, after Durant, that did seem like so long ago. You know, it was four years ago mm-hmm. when they played without Kevin Durant. So the Cavaliers, the Hawks, the Warriors, the Timberwolves, the Pistons, Luke Kennard and the Pistons, uh, the Knicks. No, uh, the Knicks didn't make the playoffs. The Knicks did not make it. Uh, the Bulls and the Hornets. Uh, the Bulls, of course, the old team of the second best player of all time, and the in the in the Hornets, uh, the team that the second best player of all time owns. So there you go. But it, interesting. That, that's all. Get a life. Pointing <laughs> it out. No, so it's interesting. So the Cavs, the Warriors, and the Minnesota Timberwolves have the 
highest, the three highest chances of getting the number one overall pick. I'm hoping the Cavs get the number one overall pick because, you know, I don't really, I wouldn't mind if Obi went to Cleveland. I don't think Obi will be set up for success in Cleveland. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that if you, and by the way, Flyer fans, you're probably thinking, I want him in Cleveland because it's easy to go find. You should not want him in Cleveland either. I'm just telling you. Now, I would love, you know, him and Sexton, not bad. Like, Mm -mm. um, I like Sexton. He has has a lot of room for improvement. But Mm -mm. I I like the guards. Maybe there's something there, but I'm not, I I don't trust it. Obi needs to go somewhere that he is not going to be the primary guy. If you if you know what I mean, he goes yeah. to Cleveland. They're going to be like, okay, you're you're the guy. He, I, I don't want that. Maybe he turns into that, and then uh, you know, I'm glad I'm wrong on that. As far as I'm concerned, uh, all right, no, but the Hawks, Trey Young, I'll take that. Yeah, Trey Young makes Obi Obi, like Trey Young would facilitate to Obi the way Crutcher did at UD. Like, I'm not saying that Obi was only good because of Crutcher. I don't think that's fair to say. I think that Crutcher made Obi, I think Crutcher elevated Obi just like Obi elevated Crutcher. I think they both complemented one another perfectly. I think you can see that relationship in the NBA a million times over. Like, Trey Young and him would be amazing. Like, I would love to see that. I think that would be pretty special um, as far as I'm concerned. The Timberwolves, eh. You know what I mean? Like the the Timberwolves are interesting. Carl Anthony Towns. You know they they just they can't seem to get it right. I, I don't I don't want him in Minnesota either. I don't trust Minnesota. They've had some good players. They've had some good teams. You thought that they were on the up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you thought you felt, and then they couldn't even they couldn't get over that hump. So I, I don't want Obi Toppin to end up with the with the Timberwolves. The Pistons would be interesting. Although. They won't take Obi. You have Blake Griffin, and, you, and Blake Griffin, when healthy, is still playing at a high level right now. The Pistons are interesting, though. They're rebuilding, so maybe they don't. They're not married to Blake Griffin. Maybe you move on from Blake Griffin. Man, who's going to take that contract? That's the problem. They were dumb enough to take it on. <laughs> All right, Luke Kennard there. Uh, you, you know, I, I don't know. There's not a whole lot boiling in, in, in Detroit, so it'd be interesting. But three-hour drive wouldn't be the worst. He has Obi has that personality. I think that would fit Detroit. I think it would be interesting to see him play there. Um, as far as the Knicks are concerned, please no. No. Now I will say this: Obi with the Knicks to watch him be a part of a Knicks team that if they ever figured it out, that would be the most special of of them all. Like you know, to say that he was a part of what helped that organization finally get it. I'm just not sure Obi's going to be that guy. I think Obi is that guy with the Trey Young. Obi is that guy with the Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, especially with you know Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. They're going to spread the floor in a rookie season. All right, put it this way: opposing defenses aren't going to respect or give as much attention to Obi Toppin when you have to worry about Draymond, when you have to worry about Clay Thompson, and when you have to worry about Steph Curry on the outside. So I wouldn't mind that either. The Bulls, possibly, wouldn't be, you know. Might be I. You know, I mean, the Bulls are just an interesting organization to me. I mean, they they, they could build into a playoff team, but I, I just don't like the direction of that franchise either. And then the Hornets, stay away. <laughs> Stay away. The the best, I mean, of all those teams, the Cavaliers, Hawks, Warriors, Timberwolves, Pistons, Knicks, Bulls, Hornets, the only organization I could see him going to, or two organizations I could see him going to and really, over, not overachieve, that's not how I want to word that, but uh, really just kind of hit the ground running, I guess. Golden State, for obvious reasons. And then I like Atlanta. I yeah. think that young core of Trey Young and him would be fantastic moving I forward. agree 100%. It's, for me, is Atlanta. 
then Golden State, and then may you know, in all honesty, probably the Hornets. Um, you want to remain young. You want to remain with a team that pushes the pace. You want to remain with a point guard that can that can Kemba's gone. But no, they got uh, Deontay Graham. He's a, a very good point guard. Um, shoots a ton, but I mean, him, his ability to shoot opens up the lane for dudes that run the floor and that are high flyers. So for those, those would be my three hopeful landing spots for Obi. So I'm not a, plug, I'm not a, and plug and play. I'm not against Detroit. Detroit wouldn't be. It would definitely not be my primary name. Their point guard. spot. I can't tell you hardly <laughs> anything about Detroit. I'm straight. Like I'm I, straight. Like, I, and I'm not saying that Obi is a point guard dependent player, but to be honest, the high flyer that Obi is, I mean, we've it saw, ain't gonna hurt his game. It's it's only gonna elevate his game. Yeah, Steph Curry and Obi Toppin. Holy, you know what I mean? Like, look out! Uh, I want to see that. The best case scenario. And Dayton Flyer sins, I think you'll agree. Trey Young in Atlanta. I know it's far. It's not local. People, I, I think a lot. Eight hour of, drive. If you put out a poll right now, if we were the Dan Levitar, put it on the poll. <laughs> but if we put out a poll right now of where Flyers fans would prefer Obi Toppin end up, I'm guessing here. I would assume you would get a lot of the Cavs in the Pistons. I think you would get a lot of those uh, with, of course, Chicago being an outlier as far as that's that would be a bad landing spot. Um, it, it's it's drivable. <laughs> it's, it's doable. Um, so, so there's that thing. Do you just want to be able to go see him, or do you want to see the kids succeed, put them in the best position for them to have a successful career? And it shoot, if he has a successful career, that means they're going to be on TV all the time. That means he's going to be a better player. That means he's possibly going to be coming back to the city to give back to the university more. That's what I would want. I would want him to land in a spot where he can succeed the best and be able to blossom. I'm in four five seven nine four six four. We're gonna try this again. We've had issues with the phones all show. Flyer fans, help me out. When it comes to Obi Toppin, we now know the teams in the lottery, the Cavs, the Warriors, and the in the Minnesota Timberwolves, they have the highest percentage chance of, of landing the number one overall pick. I don't think Obi's gonna be the number one overall pick. But the teams that all have a chance to get him, the Cavaliers, Hawks, Warriors, Timberwolves, Pistons, Knicks, Bulls, and Hornets, what is the best landing spot for him? If I had to guess, you're going to get a lot of Bulls, Cavaliers, and Pistons. And I think a lot of that's going to be from people who are like, I would love to, you know, I could drive to go see him. But if you want to see him succeed right away, I'm not saying that, you know, because he ends up with the Cavs that he has no chance, but you're not, you want to go somewhere that's going to help elevate your game right away. Yeah. We're seeing rookies go in and have impacts right away. That could be the Hawks. The yes. Hawks right off the bat. But I think you're going to get a lot more of Pistons uh, and, and Cavaliers. You're going to get a lot of that more so than anything. But four five seven nine four six four. if the phones aren't working, guys, shoot us a tweet at 1410Kenner. Where would you prefer to see Obi Toppin land uh, in the NBA draft when that comes just a few months from now? It's crazy. It's a few months from now. So we'll be back in a moment. Hour three coming up next. Show live here on ESPN Dayton. <laughs> The Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash right here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. Uh, Keith Byers, former Buckeye College Football Hall of Famer, joined us in hour one. That'll be up on the website and, of course, in podcast form uh, immediately following the show. We also had issues with that, too. Man, it's, just, it's, it's <laughs> as if we're all not working in the building and we don't have people here to, like, you know, it, it is one, one problem after another. 
the podcasts are available again. So subscribe, download those babies, and you can go back and listen to the show at your leisure. So make sure you take advantage of that. Uh, the Justin Kinner Show in your Apple iTunes, Google Play Store. How about uh, 1410 Wing Live presented by Arrowhead Tax? Today's guest was a, a Wright State Athletics Director, Bob Grant. Uh, he joined us earlier today. That video will be available following the show as well as the interview. If you, did, if you didn't have a chance to catch it earlier, we'll have that for you coming up in a moment. Uh, but interesting stuff from him, too, because that was a lot, the, a lot of the questions I got after that announcement was made yesterday is, okay, well, so your 14 team minimum, you go down to 11, are you immediately D2? That's not necessarily the case. Uh, and by the way, everything is a case by case basis. Um, on everyone I've spoke to about this, it's a case by case basis. They have to look into each one individually. Like they can't, like the NCAA can't just come out and make a blanket statement saying, "All right, any any program or any school out there that has dipped below the NCAA Division One minimum." We're going to grant a waiver for that because of COVID-19. You would run into a situation where teams would abuse that, programs mm-hmm. would abuse it. Um, even if they didn't need to drop below the 14 minimum line, they would do it anyways to save money long term. So you would have to audit each team to make sure that the financials would justify having to dip below the 14 team minimum. So that's why everything is a case-by-case situation. I don't trust the NCAA. I want to. I would hope they would do the right thing in this situation, um, but we're we're going to see what's going to happen here. So, what I did like hearing from Bob Grant, the athletic director, was that okay, this season you're D one moving into this season, so like you're playing the games that you've been scheduled to play. My thing is, is this like we know teams like right, like the buy games are important. Uh, right, State didn't do buy games last year. They didn't go on the like they were one of the few mid major teams that did not have a power five or a high major team on their schedule. I don't be again. I, I've said this yesterday. I'm saying it today. I would not be surprised. You know, the schedule has not been released yet. We've seen you know the Flyers. You know, sprinkle some of theirs. They announced Indiana State yesterday. Um, don't be surprised if you start seeing Wright State hit the road against some Power 5 opponents to try to, you know, pick up those checks. That's a quick way. And I don't know why, I mean, I don't judge that. That's a quick way. I mean, when you're a, a program that's struggling financially, go do that. Um, but I also understood the mindset when I talked with Coach Nagy last year about that. You know, you look at their non-conference, people got irritated last year when he said, because he came on the show and said that this is actually the best non-conference schedule that he had since he got here. Everyone was scratching their heads saying, what are you talking about? When you're a team like Wright State that's positioning yourself to win the Horizon League, you want to play schools that are like you. That right. are you know, schools that you are going to be seeing come conference time. That's all that matters. You know, who you know, you oh, let's say you knock off an Ohio State. Let's say you knock off an upset of Kentucky, like Evansville did last year. What did that do for Evansville, Kev? Nothing. Nothing. Got a most sports center uh with Scott Van Pelt for Five minutes. Yep, and then tell their coach got accused of something else. They got also got him on Sports Center. So, uh, with that being said, it like those things are great. It doesn't mean anything because even if you go and knock off a Kentucky, knock off an Ohio State, you know what? It doesn't mean anything because when you go and lose two or three games in the Horizon League, which is good, you win your conference. People are going to judge the two or three losses to your Youngstown states and your Cleveland states right. of the world. So those games mean How nothing. could you beat them and not beat them? So I had no issue when they were scheduling like MAC teams. I mean, that's who they're run- That's who you have to beat in your conference tournament to get to the tournament anyway. So let's be clear here as far as that's concerned. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I th- Don't be surprised if you see a couple more of those bigger names on the schedule. They're going to have to do it. They have to schedule differently than a UD, than other teams. Two different conferences, two different styles of play, two different styles of you know scheduling, as far as that's concerned. Um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what's what's going to happen moving forward. 
It sounds like they will be in good shape, though, for 2020 as far as that's concerned. So for those who were tweeting me yesterday asking, so does that mean this year right away they're not eligible? No, they're they're fine this year, but again, it's just it's going to be a mental toll on them. Like regardless, because you the, you just don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. It's going to impact recruiting moving forward. How are you supposed to convince recruits to come here when you can't promise them that they're going to be D one players moving forward? Like that's tough to do. And we talked about it. the roster is really good. Yes, really good this year. So you got to go for it. Go all for it. That's all I got to say as far as that's concerned. So. Interesting. Check that interview out with Bob Grant at wingam.com. 457-9464. Oh, look, we're we're getting some... Remember earlier we asked our our hockey aficionados out there? Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. This comes from uh, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer says, hockey playoffs are done by points, two points what they win, one point each if you go in overtime. Jennifer, thank you so much. I appreciate that. So I knew it had something to do with points. Oh, I had no clue. I had no clue. Well, to be honest, if hockey is the only sport that ends up coming back out of all these, you know, if something happens to the NBA, we we got to be on our we got to be on our A game. Absolutely. So go learn today, Hooligan. If you're listening, he'd be sending us to the penalty box. I tell you that much. Um, but all right, let's get into this. So I was listening to sports talk in Cleveland on ninety-two through the fan earlier today, and Ken Carmen, big Ken Carmen fan. Uh, you know, they were talking about Tristan Thompson. The Cleveland Cavaliers are one of eight teams who have been eliminated from, well, they were eliminated from the playoffs since November. It doesn't matter anyways. But, you know, the, the NBA is coming back. I'm glad that they didn't make, they didn't go and unbury every team out of the cellar to make them train just to come back for two months. They're, they're done. The Cavaliers are one of eight teams, the Warriors, the Timberwolves, the Bulls, Pistons, Knicks, and so on. So they're done. Now the conversation has led to, okay, Tristan Thompson's a free agent and they did not re-up on his contract and they, you know, the Tristan Thompson era is done. I don't get all warm and fuzzy inside for Tristan Thompson. I think the most relevant Tristan Thompson ever was is when he had those really good games in the finals with the second best player on the roster being Matthew Della Vadova. So he had a great series against the Warriors uh, that year when they forced a game six whenever it was just LeBron, Tristan Thompson, and Matthew Della Vadova that season. That was the best run he had. He was pulling down like 18, 19 rebounds a game. Um, he ended up like holding out for more money that offseason, and LeBron went to bat for him. The problem is, is LeBron went to bat for what he thought was going to be that Tristan Thompson, pulling down 18 boards a game. But then, but then, he started dating a Kardashian. <laughs> Gets you every time. So he was never the same again. Tristan Thompson was on those championship teams, or that championship team. He was on those finals teams though. Um I, I don't know. They're talking about retiring his jersey. Folks, no. Tristan Thompson why? Are we just handing that out to everybody? If Dennis Rodman can't get his jersey hung up at the United Center, then no, Tristan Thompson doesn't even deserve even to have this discussion. I can't believe we're even talking about it. I can't believe I'm even dumb enough to fall into the trap to bring this up. And, Kev, I love you, but my God, you're shaking your head in disgust as if I'm crazy for saying Tristan Thompson should not have his jersey hung up in the rafters. Give me a break. Absolutely, it should. What did he do? 100% his jerseys to go up in the rafters for the Cleveland Cavaliers franchise. 100%. Well, yeah, we talk about the Bulls or somebody I'm just else. Saying we're not, um, we're not talking about like, oh man, he's uh getting his number retired like on his next team. Like he's not gonna, it's not like LeBron where he's gonna have his number retired with the Cavs and the Heat and everything like that. He's not that type of player. But just because you're not like a legend of the game, 
He's not even a legend of the he Cavs. He is a legend of the Cavs. I'd ha- you know, Zajernis Ogowskis, I get it. That, that, yeah, no. Big Z. And I didn't even think he should have his jersey. Come on, man. What you, you? That's supposed to be for players who like enhance your history as far as the championship is concerned. The reason that they don't have a lot of jerseys up there is because, although they've had great players, if you don't bring a championship to Cleveland, you don't matter. LeBron is the only one that deserves his jersey hung up in the rafters. You can make an argument for no. Kevin Love. Kevin Love would deserve it more than Tristan no. Thompson. But okay, it's one thing to no. say that Tristan Thompson deserves it, but you, you Kevin Love doesn't. No. Kevin Love's numbers are better than Tristan Thompson's. Is that, he was, no, he, I, I'm not looking at the numbers. I'm talking about impact. I say Tristan Thompson had a bigger impact on the Cavaliers. Definitely had a bigger impact on them winning the championship than Kevin Love did. Way bigger. Way bigger. Wrong. Uh <laughs> Uh, let's look at this. Cleveland Cavaliers retired jerseys. Uh, Big Z, Larry Nance, my guy, Mark Price, Austin Carr, Nate Thurman, Brad Doherty, and Bingo Smith. Never even heard of him. I'm sorry. Number seven. I should find that jersey. Uh, and then, obviously, soon to be LeBron James whenever he decides to retire. And Tristan Thompson, number 13, is going up in those rafters, for sure. Tristan Thompson is not there. Nine points, I, eight rebounds. So what? What do you mean, so what? So what? Is, did, did you watch the games? Did you watch the impact he had during the playoffs and in the finals? Yeah, a lot of guys have impact in the finals. Dendela Vadova. Give him one. Get, get, him, get him up in the rafters. See, I'm a Give person. Give Kyrie Irving. Give Ky- Negative. If, no, you can't Negative. say Kyrie, Kyrie Irving is Negative. a given. Is a Never. given. The Never. shot. The Never. shot. Never. 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 Why? Because he quit like like Michael? <laughs> he, ain't, he didn't quit. He didn't oh, quit. Michael quit. You're right. <laughs> Kyrie did it, though. Never. Kyrie Irving definitely doesn't deserve his jersey in the rafters. Four five seven nine four six four, folks. I know it's only cool to be a Cavs fan when LeBron's there, but I need you to dig deep into your former Cavs fan selves. Tristan Thompson or Kyrie Irving? I don't even think this is a debate. Four five seven nine four six four. Let's see if this works. Let's, yeah, let's see if the phones work. We're yeah. we, we think we got the phones resolved, but oh, it's working. It's right? working. We got some. We got some things rolling here. I don't even know who it is. You didn't even get the name. You got so excited <laughs> got that it was so working. So working. all right. So phones are so who? So uh, Caller, what's up, man? Who is this? This is Rob. Rob. All right. What you got for us, Rob? Tristan Thompson, there's no way. He doesn't need to be hung up anywhere. Neither does Kyrie Irving. Neither does Kevin Love. No, they didn't do that much to enhance that team. They were good as a team, but he didn't stand out. All those guys that you listed just now had a significant impact on the Cavalier franchise. Tristan Thompson didn't do squat. Kevin Love was good, but they won a championship, yes. But that doesn't enough to make them put up there, get their name up on the rafters. That's nuts. I didn't Where's say the they get a. I didn't say they get a. a well, statue. Rob, we've sent Rob into a whole level of like crazy right now. <laughs> I didn't say get a statue outside the stadium, but his number in the. Okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What about Derek Fisher with the Lakers? Oh, uh, that's a. Uh, I because it's the Lakers, probably not. Because he was he was an integral part of it, but he didn't have the maybe the, the biggest numbers just like Robert Ory. Robert Ory had a great career. 
I don't know if he's ever going to get his number retired, but he's got seven rings. Yeah, and by, the, and by the way, and like I said, I used the, the Dennis Rodman comparison. Rodman deserves his jersey hung up with the Bulls. If his jersey isn't hung up, then Tristan Thompson, we, at the fact that we're even wasting seconds talking about Tristan Thompson, I, I apologize for that. Like, I, I can't. <laughs> you. I, I accept your apology because I'm talking so <laughs> Oh my God! Hey, no, no, well, hold up, blah, blah, blah. I was listening to sports talk in Cleveland. You got to understand sports talk right now. You know, it's either you're we're either ta- we're either calling people racist or we're hanging up jerseys up in the stands. So that, that's where we're at in sports talk right now. So as far all as right, I'm concerned, right. Tristan Thompson does not deserve to have his jersey hung up in the rafters. I do, but what? So what we were saying is LeBron only. LeBron's the only one throughout that stretch to have his jersey hung up. I think so. Yes. Now, Michael, how many people could you say when Michael was winning all his championships, how many people could justify hanging up their jersey? You mean Pippen? Pippen, and yes. Rodman? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like MJ had a lot more help. <laughs> he just said he, he didn't know what he was going to do. Sounds like MJ had a lot more help than our guy LeBron. I'm just saying. No, but Rob, thank I you, mean, man. Oh, keep going. Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr was good. Uh, you know, Paxson was good. Um, you know, they're like, to me, very, very excellent role players. But the other guys that you mentioned, Z, was a, was a, that's all they had for a long time was Z, you know, for Cleveland and stuff. So I can see why, I don't know. No, I'm I appreciate you. I'm, I'm getting off the phone. Here. Now, listen, I take... Now, Rob, it sounds like you suffer from what I do. I take Lopernicel, okay? You need to go ask your doctors. <laughs> it's a blood pressure medication. Uh, you know, yeah, go go get that taken care of, Rob. <laughs> I sure will. Thanks, fellas. All take right. care. All right, see, we get the phone lines fixed. We get an excellent caller like Rob. Shouts out to Rob. Shouts out to Rob. Sounds like our guy MJ had a lot of help. Oh, my goodness. Can you handle this quick trivia question? Uh jeez. Here we go. All right. Go ahead. Name the Cleveland Cavaliers five number one overall picks. To be fair, I'm going to ask you, just tell me yes or no. It was Anthony Bennett when he was a number one overall pick, right? Yes. Okay. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. Hold up. I don't know. I don't remember the ones from before that. Anthony Bennett in 13, okay. Kyrie in 11, Brian in 03, Brad Doherty in 86, and Austin Carr in 7. I should have known Austin Carr and Brad Doherty I've had on the show before, so there you go. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. And also, the Cleveland Cavaliers have had the most number one overall picks in NBA draft history. Yeah, shouts out to being the worst the worst franchise in the NBA. You no, they are not. You don't rack up the most number one overall picks in NBA history if you're not consistently crap. No, because yes. <laughs> the, the first year... You sound like Bengals Carr. fans. No. We're so good. We got the number one overall pick. It's because you're bad. No. In 71, they were like the expansion team. In uh, 86, they won the uh, the lottery. They won the lottery with Braun. They won the lottery with Kyrie. They won the lottery with <laughs> Anthony Bennett. But... Did they though? That's like you won. <laughs> it's like you won on a scratch off, and uh, you won a dollar. I mean, that's you know. Anyways, I tell you what. I tell you, I like, the Clippers are the worst team, franchise in NBA. If you have the most number one overall picks, you are the worst franchise in the NBA. No, the Cavaliers easily. No, that's not like the NFL where you you have the worst record, so you get the number one. It's it's a lottery. It's it's whomever. I hate that. It's like, just like when Orlando was 41 and 41, Shaq's rookie year, they got the number one pick. Well, we all know the NBA's rigged. <laughs> 
So they're rigging it for the Cavs. <sighs> How'd that work out? One, by the way, I said yesterday that the Ohio State Buckeyes like totally underachieved with under Urban Meyer. Like they should have won more than one championship. One more championship would have capped that off. The Cavaliers, the fact that you have, and I'll play nice here, I think the best player of all time, most people say the second best player of all time. The Cavaliers, like, shout out to the Bulls. You had the best player of all time in a lot of Bulls fans' minds, a lot of you know older fans' minds, your fans' minds. That's great. I'm not trying to have an argument. The Bulls maximized Michael Jordan. The Bulls went out and won six championships, could have probably won eight, maybe nine. Who knows? What I mean is those two years, if he doesn't retire, okay? 91, 92, 93, they probably would have won one in 94, probably would have won in 95. They probably would have worn down. I think, I mean, that winning those in a row, it just wears you down. I mean, that's why you don't see four-peats. In fact, you never see four-peats. Three-peats seem to be what tears teams down. Mm-hmm. Um, the Warriors couldn't do it. Uh, the Cavs got to four straight finals. You only won one. Um, you know, so the Lakers did two three-peats, but that time they had a chance to get to the finals for the fourth time with Carl Malone, Gary Payne. They crumbled and lost to a, a good defensive Pistons team, but a team that the Lakers should have still had enough talent to overcome. With that being said... The Bulls had the best player of all time on their roster and won six championships. The Cavaliers, you are a joke of an organization. The reason I say they are the worst organization in sports is because you had, I'll play nice here, you had the second best player of all time, and you won one championship. We brag about how many finals that LeBron's been to, and you came away with one. To me... That says more about the Cavs organization than it does LeBron James, especially because the narrative for more years than not was the talent that LeBron brought with them to the finals. I'm not talking about the Heat, but there was more than one occasion where you're like, how in the hell is this team competing even in the finals? So, with that being said, the Cavaliers absolutely were embarrassing with LeBron James. You won one championship. That's embarrassing. So, you believe that the Cavs should have won more championships? Without a doubt. You believe that the Heat should have won more championships. Oh, them, yeah. They should have at least won one more. I shouldn't give them a pass for that first year, but I will give them a pass for that first year because I'm just trying to be nice here. They should have won all four years, at least three of the four, to be fair. four. It does, you don't win four in a row. Who's, History shows you that. Who's the common denominator? LeBron. Can we go to break? That's dumb as hell. I'm just saying. That, no. I'm just saying. The common denominator the is common that you have... denominator. Dude, no, no, no. Lepernicil. I got to call Rob. Rob, if you could pick up some extra Lepernicil for me on the way, that would be great. More of the Justin Kinner show with him when we come back. ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. Welcome back. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. So it's about 525, and every time I'm on Twitter, I keep seeing people's names over on the side. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what? Who said something stupid now? Like Jake Fromm, his name's over there. But like Trish Stratus. I freaked out. Trish Stratus. All right? I mean, I love Trish Stratus. Who doesn't love Trish Stratus? Kev, do you know who Trish Stratus is? I do is? not. Type in Trish Stratus. <laughs> Don't worry. It won't be no nudes or anything. You're like, well, why am I looking at you typing it in? Yeah. Type in Trish Stratus. Beautiful. Gotta love Trish Stratus. Former WWE wrestler, WWE Hall of Famer. Okay. So I clicked on her name, freaking out, thinking, oh, man, what'd she do? Because every, don't, eh, oh, really? First, Tristan Thompson should have his jersey retired, and now Trish Stratus is, eh? I said, hey. 
I said, like, oh, hey, oh, okay. Hey. Fair, fair, fair. I thought you were saying Friday before. Hey, Miss Parker. <laughs> you were saying like, eh, that's what I heard. That's what. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's what I heard. That's all I heard. Okay, but I'm still not excusing the whole Tristan Thompson crap. I mean, opinion. <laughs> Is what it is. Um, okay, so with that being said, Jake Fromm, we touched on this earlier. Keith Byers was in. Uh, I, I mean, look, every day, I think we're going to get through. T- no, we didn't get through today. Jake Fromm is the, you know, dummy of the day. You know, Breakfast Club has donkey of the day. We're going <laughs> to have the dummy of the day. Jake Fromm is the Justin Kinner Show dummy of the day. Uh, Jake Fromm had some old text messages resurface uh, stating that only elite white people should own guns. And, in typical dummy of the day fashion, Jake Fromm responds with an apology. Cav, I, I'm always uh, amused when apologies come out after you say really stupid things. Because a lot of times, you can't justify saying really stupid things. Mm. Um, and, again, this apology is pretty funny. And not trying to make light of a serious situation. Again, Jake Fromm, the former Georgia quarterback, says that, Only elite white people should own guns. He says that I'm extremely sorry that I chose to use the words elite white people in a text message conversation. Dude, (laughs) using the words elite white people wasn't the mistake you made in that conversation. I can use it in a sentence right now. Like, what the hell is elite white people? There, I just used that in a sentence, and I'm not going to apologize because I used the phrase elite white people. Uh, Keith Byer said earlier, what do you categorize as elite white people? I mean, we don't, I mean, we can make a list. I mean, we could, we, we have plenty of ink in this pen. We could literally make a list. All right, so when he says that he is extremely sorry that he chose to use the words elite white people, well, what did you mean to you? Like, you know, I, I should have used, you know, non melanin filled friends. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by you are sorry that you chose to use the words elite white people in a text message conversation. And this is my favorite. He didn't apologize for saying that only elite white people should own guns. He says, I never meant to imply that I am an elite white person. That's what he's apologizing for. Well, I mean, so, hey, so, uh, Mr. Fromm, you said that only elite white people should own guns. Well, yeah, but I, I probably shouldn't have used elite white person. I mean, yeah, just just white people, just white people should own guns. I mean, I mean, I didn't mean to say elite. I don't like to, you know, I, I don't like to categorize people, okay? So I shouldn't have said elite. Any white person, all white people should own guns. That's it. I, that's it. I didn't mean to say elite. I apologize. And I also, I need to apologize because I didn't mean to insinuate that I was an elite white person. So I'm sorry for everyone that I offended. Thank you, go Bulldogs! Like that—that's Jake Fromm's apology, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's dumb. Like you should have not apologized. You should have just not even released anything. The apology is worse. It makes what you said originally worse. I agree. I agree. Like I don't know. I got nothing. And I, I haven't read anything as far as whether the bills have released them or anything along those lines. But Kev, why are we seeing this every day now? Something new. Something new. Everyone's like, oh, all the media is doing is just rehashing this. No, we're not rehashing anything. Every day, something new is coming mm-hmm. out. Someone is saying something stupid every day. Um, we talked earlier, as far as Drew Brees is concerned, the timing of what he said could not have come at a worse Horrible. time. Let, let me be clear. 30 days ago, Drew Brees could have said this. It would have irked some people. It would not have got the reaction that it got 30 days ago. Right. 10 days ago, it would not have got the reaction that it got. It's getting the reaction that it's getting because of everything that's going on. 
the past 10 days. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying that I was taken back by the aggressiveness of the response to what he said. He does sound tone deaf. It just, to me, I mean, he said it with confidence. Uh, he, he used this heartfelt story about his, his grandparents and his father and everybody in the military. And I'm all for that. I come from a military family as well. My brother's in the military. My dad was in the military. My grandpa, my uncle. I mean, I have family all over the place in the military. So I'm not disrespecting my family, but I also know that you cannot be that clueless mm-hmm. to understand that the league that you play in, that is filled with African-American players who are trying to you know, keep this movement going, who are calling for white athletes help in this. I'm not saying that, look, I, to be honest, I'm not even saying that Drew Brees should change his mind about what he said. He just shouldn't have said it. Because the timing was horrible. Um, I don't believe Drew Brees is racist. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of, yeah, well, now we know who he really is. I don't think that's fair to say who he really is. Because unlike most people, when they make dumb comments, like, for instance, like Jake Fromm, we don't know much about Jake Fromm as far as what he does in the community. Drew Brees has a resume a mile long as far as everything that he has done, as far as giving back to the community, giving back to New Orleans. I mean, he was a part of rebuilding that city's confidence and image during the, you know, the, the, the hurricane. I have a problem with really just trying to kill the character of Drew Brees. I'm not saying that what he did was okay, but at the same time, to totally define him as a person based on that, I, I think is wrong. He deserves backlash but not to the level in which he got it. But as I stated earlier, he's only getting it as much as he is is because I think a lot of people viewed him as one of the few. I mean, Kev, how many elite, <laughs> elite, how many, and I'm being not trying to be funny here, elite white athletes are there, not elite white people like uh, Jake Fromm was alluding to. Elite white athletes today. It's quite a few. Uh, you know, you got Tom Brady, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got <laughs> Drew Brees. So, I mean, it's a fair share but for me, Kev, that's three. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be like what I mean is so when you when, when African Americans are saying that you know they need white people to start speaking up as well, mm-hmm. you have three prominent white quarterbacks that everything they say they, it packs a punch. Yeah. So the one that finally and and I'm not talking about putting out some meme that is just doing what everyone else is doing right. and say we stand against racism. <laughs> yeah, I that's fine if you've done that. That's great. I, you know, I'm not impressed with that. I mean, we, it's, it should be a given that everyone should be against racism, and the people that aren't for it, they usually show it themselves. It, that, it always happens. So with that being said, the one time that like Tom Brady doesn't do a sit-down and go on this long tangent about everything going on, Aaron Rodgers, he put out that little you know statement, which was great, but that still didn't pack as much punch. Drew Brees packed a punch because he finally spoke out, had a meaningful conversation and totally dropped the ball on what to do with it. I think that's why he disappointed so many people, because he had a chance to say, I, the flag means a lot to me. I come from a military family. You know, It's hard for me to justify disrespecting the flag, but I do understand what is being done as far as the movement, and we know it's not about the flag. He had a chance to set that record straight. Mm-hmm. And I think what we learned is that he still views kneeling during the national anthem is disrespecting the flag even though he understands what's going on he's still not willing to wrap his mind around the fact that hey this is not about the flag he can't get past that and yeah, i don't know it's, if it's fair to ridicule him it's, for that. it's a willful ignorance you know mm-hmm. and people hear the term ignorant they're like oh how dare you call me ignorant well ignorance is the lack of knowledge and he's willful in it because 
this whole Kaepernick situation happened three, four years ago. So there was ample opportunities for him to learn if he wanted to. Um, he plays with a lot of African-American players. So if he truly wanted to learn, he could have. Um, uh, according to Malcolm Jenkins, him, when his first tenure with the Saints, him and Drew Brees were tight. So you have a player in Malcolm Jenkins who um, Malcolm believes you guys were tight friends that you could have reached out to who developed a coalition with the NFL. So have a connection there. So it's willfulness is a lack of wanting to learn about it. Um, I would encourage everybody to go on YouTube and watch the entire video because there is a distinct difference when Drew Brees is talking about what's currently happening in our country, things that happened with George Floyd. He kind of gave a stock answer like, yeah, this is bad. This is horrible. And, you know, we want uh, the best for George Floyd and his family and uh, those officers arrested. Everybody, I think everybody can agree to that. But when it came to that knee and that flag, he went into, he knew this. It was like a, like an answer he's been practicing for years. And whenever he was going to get asked that question, he had it locked and loaded. He sprawled up, upright in the chair and said it with passion. And the biggest thing for other athletes that are at, at his neck, to be honest, all right, he released a statement. He, he apologized. One, we have to be open to accept his apology because if you if you read his apology, oh, he don't mean it. Well, dang. Well, which way you want it? You can't have it both ways. You can't. You have to be willing to say, okay, he apologized. And as I know people like Malcolm Jenkins are going to press him on it. Like, okay, you apologize. So now do the knowledge, do do the learning, do the activities that show that you want to be a part of the the going forward process. You want to be a part of solving the issues. That's where the work is done. Yeah, you can be still stand up for the flag, but support those who want this country to move forward. That's where the work is done. So if he does the work, then it's all good. Just like we were talking about with lip service before. Like, don't let your apology just simply be lip service to let the heat cool down. Because let's believe they had that apology out before that 9 a.m. sports hit. You know, before first take came on the air, before Skip and Shannon Sharp came on the air, they had that apology out. Because they're trying to, as they should, you know, get in front of things. So, I mean, I saw Shannon Sharp say maybe he should retire. Like, yikes. I I, I think that's a bit extreme. Um, I saw some people talking about, man, they should cut him. That's way too extreme. Um, now, you're never going to cut a Hall of Fame quarterback like that. But our buddy Jake Fromm, like I was talking about equity in the NFL, mm -hmm. he has none. So, you know what he better do when practice starts? Make every throw because <laughs> they don't need an excuse to cut you now. <laughs> like, man, we can go get, get rid of him now. We don't need this headache. Just like they talked about with Kaepernick, we don't need this headache. That is a headache. So, Jake Fromm, I suggest you make every throw in the book because yeah. your, your NFL career is in jeopardy. No, it is. And real quick about Drew Brees, I guess the question I have is, is why does that statement immediately equal I don't care about what Colin Kaepernick is protesting. I don't think, I mean, that's a, we're connecting dots that I don't think are completely visible. I mm -hmm. think we're making assumptions. 
A lot of people, I mean, Drew Brees, I mean, you look at, like I said earlier, you look at everything that he has done, not just for the city, but for the black community as well. Like, I just think it's, it's strange. I, I don't know why it's, I mean, is it as clear cut as if you're against protesting the flag, then that means you don't support the movement. I, I there has to be, there has to be more of a softer middle as far as I'm concerned, because I, 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 think, I, I think the thing about it was he was asked directly about taking the knee. And protesting the flag, and he uh, uh, taking the knee. They just say it, taking the knee, and he went directly to disrespecting the flag. So for me, you're not aware of why the whole protest began with in the first place, and we've been talking about it for four years. So you're willfully not caring about it. But so that's, he that's could counter and say, for four years, I've been saying it's disrespecting the flag, like. Do you see, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is why it goes in circles because, yeah. and we're able to just talk about this calmly. Normally at this point, it's, oh, yeah, well, you've been disrespecting the flag for four <laughs> years. But most view that, okay, well, we've been telling you for four years that this, you know, we're it's not about the flag. We're doing it for this. Well, I've been telling you for four years that you're disrespecting the flag on doing this. That's where we're at right now. Everyone feels very strongly about their side, and I right. think that's why I'm like, I, I I don't want to say I see both sides, but I see where both sides are colliding. I could see what is leading to the collision on both sides. Just put it that way. Um, Killer Mike is a, a rapper from Atlanta. He was on ESPN. He brought up a very good point about how, you know, people, some people, let me make sure I say that right, some people look at the American flag and do how Drew Brees does. Mm-hmm. Nothing but respect almost cries every time they hear the national anthem thinks about the service that our great people out there that served in our military have done and continue to do to this day but then there's some people out there who put uh the american flag on swimsuits and put it on boxer briefs and you know put it on everything and wear it like uh like it's like it's something to be mocked or something like that. Like it's a paraphernalia type of situation. It's it's not. It's a it's supposed to be respectful, right? So don't salute the flag when somebody is riding down the street and somebody got it in a bathing suit. Let's have that same energy. Like let's do the research on the flag and how it's supposed to be presented. You know, you know, you can't if if I had a uh, American flag at my house and it got ripped and I want to get rid of it, I can't throw it in the trash. That is against the law to throw American flag in the trash. You have to dispose of American flag the proper way. So, like, everybody needs to do the knowledge and do their research about everything. So, that's my whole thing about it. Like, there's a, a lot of people not informed about a lot of things. And when you're not informed and when you're willfully not informed, that's where the that's where that's where I see the 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 line between the players talking about Drew Brees today, like, yo, we've been talking about this for years and you still don't want to hear hear it out. And then the Malcolm Jenkins one was just to be perfectly honest, it, it was it was like I got like uncomfortable because, you know, he's crying on there because, you know, he thought they were friends and thought like how they how he was talking about them are we only brothers on the field we're only going into battle when it's only football and when once we're not at practice or at a game is that cut off mm-hmm. like that that is that is a thing that is a thing that he's dealing with and i'm sure other players are dealing with as well 
All right, we'll uh, transition from that. And uh, again, with the way things are going, every day something <laughs> new pops up. In fact, uh, I say that. No. Uh, and no. oh, there's another one. No. Uh, again, Oregon State tight end dismissed for racist language, a freshman. I it thought just, we were going to be just, talking about this, man. I thought we were talking about this. Out. I thought we were going to go here. We did, we did, we did. <laughs> Let's go back. To All right, real quick. So the tournament, looking forward to watching uh, the Red Scare, Dayton Flyers alumni team in the tournament coming up here later this summer. Imagine this, folks. Imagine tuning into the tournament and watching Kyle Davis, watching Kyle Davis guard Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather who? The boxer? The boxer. Money Mayweather? Imagine tuning into the tournament this year and Kyle Davis is guarding Floyd Money Mayweather. It could happen. I'll tell you why next. Call William Brockman and Sons Heating and Air Conditioning. We're offering $1,600 in rebates or enjoy payments as little as $116 a month on a new Linux system. Call 937-222-8638 today. Conditions apply. See dealer for details. Ohio license number 14911. The Justin Kenner Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. The Money Team. Hey. The Tournament. Floyd Money Mayweather is the booster of the Money Team. And I uh, found it interesting as I, you know, first looked at it, I'm like, Oh man, that, you know, I'm always wondering too, like how long before you start seeing like some celebrities who can ball actually like try to participate in this. Uh, he, Floyd Mayweather, a booster, obviously, but uh, of course the article I read just earlier today said that he honestly he has the itch to to get out on the floor uh, and you know get up and down the floor a few times. By the way, so much is on the line. You're going to waste possessions trying to get exactly. them on. But, but can you imagine if he did take time? Like imagine if the Red Scare went up against the Money Team. Post him up. You know, imagine if. Carmen's crew went up against the money team. All right. And you have David Lighty guarding Floyd Money Mayweather or Floyd Money Mayweather guarding David Lighty or John Diebler. Or if they play the Red Scare, imagine Kyle Davis uh, being guarded by Floyd Money Mayweather. Yeah, but he's just the booster again. But uh, it's just, you know, when I read that article earlier today that he does have the itch to get out on the floor and uh, he wouldn't. You know, he said, wouldn't put it past him if he did try to get out there a few times. I don't know what the rules are as far as that's concerned. Every team, like, you know, every team has the coach, like Solinger yeah. for, for Carmen's crew. Um, you know, interesting nonetheless. I actually spoke with John Diebler earlier today. We're going to be getting him on, um, the 1410 Wing Live show coming up here, uh, in the coming weeks. I'm so bummed that, the tournament. I mean, there's a lot of things I wish were going on as usual as far as that's concerned. But I was so bummed that the tournament uh, is impacted by this. I'm glad it's going to happen. In fact, you're going to get the tournament before you get NBA. <laughs> so the first basketball that you're going to get to see is going to be the tournament. So uh, pretty neat. The thing is, they have like they're only accepting 24 teams, and they've mm -hmm. had like over a hundred something plus teams. Um, I'm curious, like what's what's the criteria that the the tournament's looking for for the 24 teams that they're going to select? Because if it was at first, I was like, oh, if it's attendance, UD's in no matter what. Right. But if it's not based on attendance, then what? It's going to be money. Like, the money team. Like, you <laughs> got to start it. thinking about the brand as far as that's concerned. Like, the money team, you know that they're going to be in it. You know, but if we're talking live attendance, oh, of course UD's, the, the red scare is going to be put in. But you take the attendance factor out, then what? The only other thing I would say that the red scare would have going for them, they, the 
thousands of fans that would have showed up to watch the tournament live, that's going to boost ratings. I mean, ratings for this is going to be through the roof because it's live sports and everything along those lines. So you got to think, okay, if you include the Red Scare, all those Flyer fans that normally would have filled up any venue of obviously the championship rounds were going to be at UD Arena, then you're going to get them to watch. So if we're talking about criteria that's going to hurt or help UD, if it was live attendance as usual, then you know what? They're in no matter what because they know that the following for them is through the roof. But if we're talking... No fans in attendance, Kev. I don't really know. I, I don't know at that point. They haven't announced a venue as far as I'm concerned. UD Arena still could be in the mix. They, I mean, from everything I've heard and who I've talked to, that's going to be a rotating event. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be at UD Arena this year then. Right. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Selfishly. regular year. Yeah. So I, I don't want to tune into UD Arena hosting the tournament on television and with, with it being empty. I want to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'd rather, to, I'd rather UD get it another year. Get it another year. Because I truly believe, and I've asked this many times, could would that sell out? Yes. You Here, think it, absolutely. If it's if, that, if it's that Ohio State matchup, one hundred percent. Regardless, though, I mean, we're, we've learned as far as UD is concerned, they don't fill up that place to watch who they're playing. They're filling it up to watch them. The nostalgia of watching, you know, Deshaun Pierre and Kendall Pollard and Kyle Davis and those guys play together like that's that that's something unique. I I wonder. I mean. Is it strong enough to sell out UD Arena? But you're right. If it is in the future, if that ever happened, the Carmen's crew, which, by the way, I thought I've heard that, like, Aaron Kraft, this is his last year. Yeah. It better not be his last year. I'll be pissed if it's his <laughs> last year. Dr. Kraft. He's, He's been trying to go to, uh, what, medical school or? Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. Play ball. Come on. Shut up and drill. <laughs> Kev, we don't do that here. God. You know, but no, like. I'm going to be, but that matchup needed to happen in front of fans at the arena. The Red Scare, like, I can't believe I'm getting this passionate about something that's not like legit college basketball or the NBA. But this is, I love the tournament. The, I mean, to be honest, if the Red Scare didn't have a team, and when this Carmen's Crew team breaks up, I'm going to lose a little of my interest in mm-hmm. it. Um, when Carmen's Crew breaks up, I'm going to be really bummed because yeah. I love watching that. That brings back so many memories of watching those guys play together, especially Diebler, uh played against him in high school. So many you know, score on you. Uh, William Buford played against him, too. Did not really get on the floor against Buford, though. <laughs> How many did Deeb score on your team? On the t- Actually, we held him to 24 points that year. What? That was the least amount of points. Which y'all ran a box had. and one? No, like, this is the thing about high school basketball. Like, we always got credit for, oh, man, your, your high school team, they're, they're one of the best defensive teams out there. No. I'm sure we played okay defense, but, like, they had this other kid named Alex Falk who would go on to play at West Liberty in, like, D2, whatever. But he dropped like 30-something. Had a career-high 37 points. So we hold Diebler, who had put 70 up. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, I think it was 80. It was some ridiculous number. Um, he, I mean, he broke LeBron's scoring. I mean, he, he, it was insane. He was dominant. Yeah. And we held him to 24 points. And we didn't hold him to 24 points. We just held the damn ball. <laughs> Four quarters. Here we go. Defense. Here we go. I remember that game. I believe it was Daquan's senior year. So that was made deep. With the state uh, one? Yeah. With the, well, with the mask? Yeah. They he, basically went back and forth. They basically played one-on-one. Well, Diebler <laughs> broke his nose the game after ours. So when they knocked us, like we played them at Savage Hall in Toledo. Diebler knocked our team out. And then I forgot who they played next. But he busted his nose. And everyone was like, oh, that's it. And then, oh, man, the atmosphere at that arena. Like, state tournament is not what it used to be, man. Those games were... In a while. 
it oh it's not even close the atmosphere is fun don't get me wrong but dude it's not what it used to be like it's i don't know like if the talent in ohio is less i don't know what it is i can't i put my finger on it but the atmosphere at state tournament 10 plus years ago it was there was nothing like it you could i mean you couldn't get in to the shot you couldn't you had to, i mean we would buy our book of tickets so early you could not get in the people would scalp the tickets on the outside i mean you would have to spend 40 or 50 dollars and that's a deal to get into some of those those lebron games nothing like it like so when you go to state now it's a great experience for me don't get me wrong but i'm looking around i'm like man i remember coming to these as a kid and every seat in here was full it was insane so but man yeah that so that d-word game against dunbar I'll never forget that, man. That was unreal. They was going at it. At uh, it. That was one of my all-time favorite high school games. That was unreal. The atmosphere, the setting, it's at the shot. Loud as hell. Loud as can be. You know, you had pulling, you know, still coaching there. You know, Dunbar, I just, I, I want that program. That, I hate to call high school teams programs. But, yeah, I want that program, program. to get program. back It's a program. You know. <laughs> so, oh, man. Got me thinking about that. But, yeah, we're going to talk with Dave. We'll come at Buford, too, man. Buford was Willie Bu- good. Will- yeah, William Buford was, yeah. The whole team was good. Anyways, they played at Toledo Libby. All right, folks, that wraps it up for us. He's Kev Nash. I'm Justin Kenner. It's been the Justin Kenner Show. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Download and subscribe to the Justin Kenner Show podcast in your Apple iTunes Google Play Store. Have a great night. We'll do this again tomorrow. Take care. Names you'll lose. Straight Talk Wireless. No contracts, no compromise. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Jordan stepped up to the challenge by not knowing the name of our show, been but improving upon it. Over honestly. a year now. <laughs> Sarah show has a great ring to it. Uh, it is a Spain and company. Sarah Spain, Jordan Cornette with you. ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And we have a lot to get to. Uh, reactions to Drew Brees' statement yesterday and the apology that followed um, Jake from State Farm or Jake Farm State from whatever you, whatever he's been putting on his social media uh, beyond just the name. We're going to get to that too and what we think about it. Uh, some great guests. Uh, we are going to keep rolling through the sports intersection of all the social issues. Uh, but we have some breaking news about the return of sports and uh, Jordan. It's it's what was expected, but it's official now, and that is that uh, the NBA will be back and they have a repro- rep- approved a return to play. Uh, there was a board of, of governors vote, and it was, uh, you know, 29 to 1. The Trailblazers, the only ones voted against, uh, they believed that there could be a better way to set up the, the way it looks. But for now, uh, we know that uh, they are going to return to action. And uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, our ESPN NBA insider, uh, uh, gave some of the details on this on the 5 p.m. Sports Center talking about figuring out that last bit of the regular season, those eight games they're going to play. 
The expectation is that the games that teams had remaining on their schedule when the league shut down in mid-March, those next eight games, that they would play any of those opponents that were still available to them. And then if there were opponents that are among the eight who weren't brought to Orlando, you know, there'd essentially be a strength of schedule uh, element to how they would fill in the gap on the rest of those games. There are a lot of unanswered questions. There are a lot of unanswered questions. Thankfully, Woj is here to answer a few more of them. And one of them is that in this decision to have X amount of teams in and out uh, based on whether they still had a shot, uh, most are agreeing that Memphis is the team that, that took the biggest hit in not being included. Teams are upset for Memphis. I think when you talk to teams and I look at the team, you know, that probably took the biggest hit here. It's the Grizzlies. And, you know, Listen, the Grizzlies are young, and they're competitive, and they're not afraid of anybody, and they're going to keep coming at people. This is an organization uh, that is really on the rise. What do you think of that, Jordan? Because it does seem like there was going to be somebody on the outside looking in that wanted in, and the Grizzlies are probably the biggest name. Yeah, and I think they have a fair gripe. I mean, as you're looking at the other teams in that Western Conference, when it's the Portland Trailblazers who voted to not be in this, which is, is, is I need a good explanation as to why, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Kings, and the Spurs getting that chance, and it's like, hey, we played a lion's share of the schedule. I understand these teams had a chance to, to usurp us, but yet still, we are the eight seed, and why not just send the 16 teams down there and play? Now, we know those reasons. But John Morant and that Grizzlies organization that is upstarted and is going to be good for a long time to come, this was kind of a, a crowning moment for them to say, oh, if it's an abbreviated season, we're going to go into this thing as a firmly seated, a firmly planted eight seed, go out there and try and shock the world versus these Lakers. And I just think it's unfortunate that they're not quite in that footing yet and have these other teams with being birthed being given this opportunity and now they got to go out there and achieve i think it's a fair gripe the good news is of course that they can prove that they're more deserving by winning uh it's just true. you know the work has to be put in and maybe they felt that they'd already earned it uh the blazers reasoning uh for for not voting was a belief that they were more that there would be more competitive and innovative formats on the table including those that address the 2020 draft lottery odds based on the regular season results in orlando um, basically, they froze the lottery odd position based on records when the season was suspended. And then the 14 teams in the in the lottery will include the eight that were left out of playing in this resumption that we're about to see. And then the six that participate but don't qualify for the playoffs. The Trailblazers were instead hoping that the full regular season body of work would be reflected in the percentages that they used for the percentage odds. And... They still, you know, agreed with moving forward. They just wanted it to look a little bit different. It's a little greedy, though, isn't it? Can we yeah, agree their vote eventually, it, it doesn't really matter. Again, it was almost unanimous, so they'll, they'll carry on. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, our ESPN NBA insider, was also on SportsCenter today talking about the, uh, the schedule for next year. Teams were told today that the calendar for next year would include, you know, training camp starting sometime around November 10th and an opening night around the 1st of December, the 2021 Summer Olympics, where there would not only be a number of United States players, but international players in the NBA who would be a part of those Olympics. It gives the calendar a better chance to accommodate having players in the Olympics. 
So there's a lot of information that came out today, Jordan. Um, there are, of course, a, a lot of details in, in terms of the bubble. And, you know, they can play golf. They can go to restaurants. They can do certain things. But there will be some pretty specific testing, daily uniform testing within the campus environment. Um, employees having to maintain similar protocols. No staff in player rooms. Hallways managed to avoid crowding. Stuff like that. It feels like a, a really big undertaking but at one point, there was pessimism that this would get done, and this feels like they're finally about to, to hop into gear. Yeah, and it just feels like now we've kind of, we have an agreement on both sides. Obviously, health will rule this entire thing, but this is as close to a start as you could possibly be before rolling the basketballs out, in my opinion. Now, understanding it's fluid and everything could change with any report that comes out of, or, or any new development with this virus. Uh, but furthermore, I think the lasting impact of this is going to be really interesting. Does this totally flip on its head for multiple years to come and become a new norm for the start of an NBA season? I think there's always been questions about that and, and understanding mm -hmm. that, hey, are we, are we timing this thing properly? Is where we have the season as it stands prior to the virus the best answer? And I think you're going to have a chance to explore, experiment, put on display when next season starts. And I don't mean to put the cart before the horse, but a real opportunity that maybe this might be the new start date moving forward and a new norm for the NBA post-coronavirus. Well, and I believe it's something that Adam Silver has been open to in discussions before this. So if this is sort of the catalyst that allows them to get a beta version of that and, and to get a look at what that might be uh, for, for them. The only issue I would say with that, Jordan, is that all the other sports are going to be messed up. <laughs> Right, true. we got Very we true. got so much that it's not sort of the uh, what what do they say when everything else has to be the same? I'm, I'm blanking on my science knowledge, but you know the uh, the control has to be uh, would have to be the same for them to really get yes. an idea of whether it's better to start later. And when you've got every other sport potentially piling on top of each other and playing at once, you won't you won't have a good feel for whether it separates the NBA in a meaningful way. Uh, based on just this season, but certainly still an opportunity for them to take a look at it. Spain and company, Sarah Spain, Jordan Cornett, guest join us on the Shell Penzoil performance line. Also worth noting, the NBA is uh, reportedly making progress on a plan to allow a limited number of family members to, to be inside that Orlando bubble. Also finalizing plans with Walt Disney World and the Disney Company, which of course owns ESPN, about using that resort in Orlando for all the games and the practices and the housing. We haven't talked about that as much, Jordan, with ba basketball as baseball, because baseball would be trying to get in a whole season. And basketball is obviously just eight regular season and playoffs. So, um, you know, of course they still would want family there, uh, but it's not quite as desperate as a situation where it'd be months at a time. Yeah, and, and and for multiple, uh, for a myriad of reasons. Now, as we see what's going on with the the national unrest and everything going on in the world, now now we will be somewhat removed from that by the time these playoffs pick up. But it, it's my hope that we are still very much in a, in a situation where. We're still fighting for justice, and this hasn't become a fad. I don't mean to digress too far from COVID. Now, I do hope that the pro the, the rioting and the, the non-peaceful protests, of course, come to an end. But we don't know where we're going to be in that regard, so that's probably even more so of a reason that it's imperative that these, these young men and men playing the sport have their families around them as father figures, as husbands, uh, to have the people that, they, that are the closest to them around because some of them, as you look at like a, a Los Angeles Lakers team, a Milwaukee Bucks, they're going to be there for a long time. Granted, like you said, as it pertains to baseball, not that long, but a, a decent amount of time. So I do think that to grant that is a very uh, oh, self-aware thing. 
that Adam Silver is doing and very needed. It's Spain and Company on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Coming up next, we're going to get some reaction to Drew Brees' apology. You've been listening to Spain and Company, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. We continue to embrace the difficult conversation where sports, action, and progress intersect. Plus, the latest on the NBA's return. That and more when Jay Williams joins us Friday on Golik and Wingo, 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, and now back live on ESPN2. More Spain and Company next. Back to work at that J-O-P, the one you realized isn't for you? Well, that's if you're lucky, right? Make your move. You can start a new life as an IT pro in as little as four months from the comfort of your own home, even if you have zero computer experience. Take control of your future now. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. Live online classes meet just twice a week. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. The great thing about facts, they're proven. Like the fact that crude oil contains impurities. Or that base oil made from natural gas is 99.5% free of impurities. And the fact that Pennzoil is the first synthetic motor oil made from natural gas, not crude oil. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. 